We're podcasting. <laughs> yeah. We're doing it. Here we are, the roommates of Hazel Home, here for the hunkering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not the podcast I thought we'd be making, but <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Yeah, we set up all this stuff for D&D, and uh, it's just ready to go, and now that we're homebound, we figured we'd chat a little bit and, I don't know, make ourselves less bored, really, mm-hmm. pass the time. Should we talk about the coronavirus, or should we talk about everything else but the coronavirus? <laughs> I feel like, like we have to at least acknowledge it's gonna that it's the weirdness that is happening day to day for all of us. I think that's good. Yeah, it's like, at least this for this first one, we can be like, okay, this is the scenario. Yeah. This is why we're doing this. If you're yeah. listening to this in 2075, <laughs> the year is 2020. The COVID-19 coronavirus is sweeping the world right now. As of, this is March, March 28th. Yes. Yeah. And so here in Michigan, our governor has told us to stay safe, stay at home. They've shut down all non-essential businesses. And um, in the county we're in, well, the Tri-County area near Detroit here, it's kind of uh, sweeping the land. I mean, cases are, are doubling pretty quick, and uh, it's scary times. You know what? I, I looked at this because I wrote this in my in my planner. March 10th is when there were two confirmed cases. Wow. 18 days ago. And, and now, now there's almost 4,000. So, yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Is that there. Michigan? Yeah, yeah, in just Michigan. I oh checked, I think, God. yesterday, and it was 3,600 and some change. So yeah. Feeling so good. So just, just a, a short, like, you know, two weeks ago, things were more or less normal, and then uh, just shit, I feel like, went sideways uh, very quickly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I kind of, obs- not, like, obsessively, but maybe just generally compulsively have been, like, pouring over stuff, because... Yeah. Um, like on Twitter, I just follow all of these people who are very concerned about it, and so like just kind of like based on their reactions, I was like, you know, really quickly in early March, I was like, oh, this is going to be a problem mm-hmm. when people were still kind of like not worried about it here, just because the people in California and New York that I was kind of like right. checking in on were like, oh, this is going to be really bad, and it's just like, okay, when a bunch of different. Uh, you know, epidemiologists and stuff start sounding alarm bells. It's like you start looking around and like no one's paying attention. And I was just like, this is like that early scene in the movies where like, you know, the scientist is waving a piece of paper around and it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it, it's very surreal. Or it was, I mean, it's still surreal. Yeah. It was, even it was more surreal, surreal to be so concerned about it early on when so many people did not seem to think that we were going to have the same exact pattern as yeah. every other country that had it. So it's just every day I'm like, God, why couldn't we have just been ahead of the curve and actually done things to make it slow down rather than everyone being like, no, it's like not a big deal. Why are you wearing gloves? We should be out. I'm bored at home. Yeah. This is stupid. I think America has that mentality, though, where it's like right. it, things like this happen other places, right. not here. You but know? we're not invincible mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. As soon as it came here, it was only a matter of time until it spread. Yeah. And everyone's stupid. And it's well, exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> that's We can get... I feel like we can elaborate on other people's stupidity more <laughs> later. That's, that could that's be a, a recurring lot, segment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Here's how other people are stupid. And now everyone's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think you know the main purpose for us just chatting is to kind of have a little cathartic relief from these times, you know. Um, Informal we, group therapy session. <laughs> yes, yes. We have our nice calming light going right mm-hmm. now. We've got a nice chill soundtrack, mm-hmm. candle burning. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, so we don't need to talk about coronavirus the whole time, but, you know, um, spoilers, it probably will leak into conversation because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of in the All news, consuming. So. Yeah, it's um, everybody's thinking about it for, I guess, for good reason right now. So... Well, like we were just talking about how it's been it's been two weeks for us, but and we're kind of getting used to this, and we're all fairly sure we either don't have it or have it and are asymptomatic, and like none of us have been like ill or whatever. Um, but just that now is like the worst time to possibly let your guard down in terms mm-hmm. of this is it's getting even crazier outside. And it's like now we have to be even more careful as, you know, it is definitely everywhere. Um, Although, I don't know, it's hard to tell where it's just like how widespread was it before? And now we're just finding out more because more people are testing. It's probably a little bit of column A, column B type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, uh, the amount of triage already that's... Um, having to be having to be used at the hospitals and any of the testing facilities is kind of staggering already. I mean, they're deciding who gets a bed, they're deciding who gets a test, yeah. and they're they're telling people that you know if you don't have the exact symptoms or close to you know uh, COVID nineteen that not to come into the hospital because yeah. our, you know especially right around us the southeast Michigan area is just getting hit hard so um i've told you guys this before but two people uh that i know's moms are both nurses and both basically have coronavirus but the way that they are like triaging people in hospitals is um there's like a numeric rating system uh apparently where like I should have I should look this up or something, but it's basically like you get numbers uh, based on different um, like demographic or like health things about yourself. So it's like, are you <laughs> over thirty five? Are do you have a kid? Uh, do you have pre existing conditions? Whether or not they will even like treat you, mm-hmm. um, because they can't just arbit- so many people now are coming in with symptoms. They can't just arbitrarily say like, oh yeah, I want to treat this person or that person. Where right. it's like when medical treatment is a scarce resource it's like you have to figure out what are the like who's getting treated yeah you know yeah which is what they were doing in italy too which is when i knew it was like okay this is scary yeah as soon as they were using like okay this is like wartime catastrophe triage medicine it's like okay that's frightening yeah right and it's extreme too for obviously anybody who works in a hospital but I was talking to my friend earlier who's a nurse, and she, her entire unit that she works in now has become the, like, positive COVID cases unit, and none of those nurses have ever been trained on dealing with how to 
get people connected to ventilators. Yeah. Because they don't work in the ICU. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, we literally, they were just like, okay, here's a mannequin. Um, here's how you shove this tube in the throat. And uh, I guess this is how you take it out. Like, there's yeah. no, you know, they don't even have time to but, yeah. fully train people and there's no other to deal option. with it. There's yeah. no other option, though, because even though they're not trained, they're still a hell of a lot more trained and capable than, like, we are or anyone oh, yeah. else is. No, so they're, they're, just like, they're very capable. Yeah. It's just crazy to think that you're just all yes. of a sudden thrown into, like, this whole other situation that you had no intention of being involved with. Yeah. You kind of just have to be at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it, 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 like, goes without saying, but it's one of those things where it's just, like healthcare workers and we know a lot of them uh go through so much shit on a daily basis and i feel like this is another i mean this is the most extreme test we've ever faced but it's like they are they do not get enough credit for the work that they do yeah um especially nurses uh which are i feel like always kind of like undervalued when it comes to like in relation to like doctors or whatever but um the nurses that I know and that we know, obviously, it's like, you know, you're working 12-plus-hour shifts. You are doing... You're extremely well-educated, but you're also doing the grunt work in terms of, like, wiping people's asses and stuff like that yeah. with your, you know, nursing degree. And it's just like... <laughs> they're not... They're getting paid decently, but not well enough for the insane level of, like, job that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and tor- now it's just on steroids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the story, Allie, that you just told about, you know, basically doing mannequin training on ventilators, doesn't that seem like wartime? Like wartime mm-hmm. tactics? Just like, well, super glue it up and get moving. You've got to, you know. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like you got to, yeah, you just got to do it because there's no other option. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no time to just be like, well, here's the training protocol. It's like, well, no, there's 4,000 people that need assistance right now in some capacity yeah it's kind of just like everyone no matter what your job is you're scrambling to figure out how this affects your work and earlier we were watching that twitch live stream when they're raising money and they have all these artists coming in and performing you know acoustic sets through their computers and any form of Hmm. What a cool idea yeah i'm just for stream aid 2020 right i mean that's how so many people are handling it just trying to figure out like how to be a part of like helping at all or like how to keep yourself busy or how to make money i mean it just like it's amazing to see how it affects every single industry so insanely mm-hmm. whether you are just not able to work from home whether you are and those weird adjustments that come along with it but it's just it's slightly comforting to see and talk to people in other states and in totally different ranging, you know, kind of job fields that are all in the same boat. Yeah. I've heard this called a, a democratic virus, mm. which is an Cute. interesting phrase. Yeah. Because it's like everyone is affected right. uh, fairly equally or everyone has an equal chance of being affected. And just when you were saying that, I was thinking like we've had situations where our economy has taken hits before and has slowed down where it's like you know 2008 obviously and then mm-hmm. 9-11 and things like that but it has never come to and it's not like a screeching halt right now but pretty much like yeah. it's so many people every you know quote-unquote non-essential person is not working right now and that has never happened before yeah in in our lifetime plus you know no no i mean Nick, you and I were talking about it the other day, but this is kind of the 
uh, craziest pandemic since the Spanish flu, which no one alive... Oh, I'm sure there's a few people, but this is, for us and our parents' generation, like the absolute craziest thing, uh, health threat that we, on a global scale, that we've seen. It's probably the most um, worldwide epidemic thing that has affected you know every country everyone like that because you know there's been SARS and MERS and Ebola and all these things but compared to this all those have been so much better contained or somewhat like they were able to be contained in a different way and um yeah nothing nothing this widespread or like globally um catastrophic has happened since then as far as as far as i know i did i did see something on on twitter there was a 102 year old italian woman who's alive for both of these things and she i think had the coronavirus and survived and there's like a picture of her with a cake or something (laughs) on twitter (laughs) and everyone was like yeah you go get that cake you know it's like yes yes she does give this woman as much cake as she wants please god get her some cake man yeah Uh, yeah i understand why uh the elderly are grumpy i'm starting to anyway you know and for you live through so much you get you live through so many life events, world events, and you also just get to see how dumb the general populace is over and over again. I feel yeah. like it's got to grind you down. It's got to be hard to well, be a 102-year-old optimist. Yeah. Well, because the, the world events are never, like, positive. Or they very few... It's like, you know, it's like, man, I really want to live through something historic. Well, it's like, well, we got a whole bunch of horrific historic yeah. stuff. When's our moon landing gonna happen? You know, it's like I'm, I'm waiting on that. Elon uh, Musk's Twitter account is the closest thing that we have to like living through a, a dang national treasure. I hope that we get to Mars or something awesome in order to counterbalance all the shit that mm. we've had. Mm-hmm. I feel like since, not that like Y2K was a thing, but mm-hmm. like since the year 2000. Because that's just when I like re- start remembering these like more solid events. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been great. No, you know we've we, you know not a lot of. At least Lil Nas X <laughs> topped the country charts for longer than anyone else in history. <laughs> that's that's a positive. That's remember all we've Gangnam got. Style, you guys. <laughs> yeah. oh I God. will never forget <laughs> Lil Nas X, Elon Musk, the the people that are that are kind of changing the game with the new technology is really fun to see in this this age this digital age but as far as like politics and um countries working together it's hard to not see past that we're in a very long war and that we've had many hardships yeah you know well i mean this is like beyond a well i mean depending on how you want to think of it like we're, we've been in such a weird situation where it's like the the Cold War is over, but now we have this like it's like a weird uneasy, you know, like things haven't been great in the Middle East. We still aren't cool with Russia, you know. Mm-hmm. We still like things with China are weird, you know. All these things are weird. Where it's just like the world is not in a good place right now. <laughs> 
So this is where we'll pivot. Yeah, to... I was just thinking, I was like, oh man, I was thinking about trying to get positive, but I'm like spiraling into <laughs> so, like even well, deeper do, you know, negativity. What are your um, favorite moments of the year before this happened? We've got about three months to work with here. What good has come of 2020? Do you even remember anything before March? <laughs> it does feel like months have gone by since yeah. since March started. Yeah, like March sure. has been a hard year. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, well, I was going to ask the question. You know, what are some things since we have been on lockdown? I mean, this house we've pretty much been just around each other for two weeks at this point. Yeah, only going out for for groceries. And are there any things that you feel like you've improved on or that you've gotten some sort of new viewpoint on a hobby or a train of thought or you know what what has coronavirus and isolation done for you that's positive i guess is my question yeah silver lining yeah i mean i don't know it's hard every day is so different of where my mindset is at. You know, if I wake up with 57 text messages, including, like, today's daily shit report, um, that's not a great way to start the day. But if, you know, I think for a lot of people it comes down to, like, having a game plan and some kind of list of things that you do want to make time for that we constantly make excuses saying we don't have time for, whether it's reading more or, you know, creating and catching up on some show you've always been meeting to watch but I have a hard time because I can't sit still for very long so for me it's it's nice to like take time to do things like painting a little bit or you know doing things around the house that always like kind of makes me feel better to to just take ownership of what I want to do with my time rather than having those days where you feel like all you want to do is just watch TV because you've been working so much and you just yeah. want to lay around and do nothing. Now I'm like, okay, well, I have all this time. At the end of it, I want to say that I accomplished a fair amount. So well, I think like the idea of taking ownership over your time where it's like you have no one else right now dictating what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So you are completely, you know, within the confines of this, you know, quarantine lockdown or whatever situation like you're free to do what you want with your time how do you choose uh to to spend that and um you know i think i've been looking at some people who feel like they're super pressured to to like do a lot and i feel like there's people who are just like trying to chill and everywhere in between um but i think it's interesting to see like okay with no restrictions on your time what do people choose to do with it and how do they how do they react as well mm-hmm. that's what i've kind of been noticing um but like on that line like yeah i've been more i feel like i've been more productive than ever because the they're like oh i'm too busy or i don't have enough time to do x y or z is just like a bullshit excuse now so it's just like no. oh well you know i do have time to clean my bathroom or I do have time to read this book or to do whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So it's like, um, I've been kind of calling myself out on some of my previous bullshit procrastination techniques, I think. So I've learned, I've learned that about myself at least, you know? Yeah. Kind of piggybacking off what you said, Nick, about you don't really have some of the excuses that you put up in your normal 
quote, normal life, your previous life before the hunkering. <laughs> um, and so that kind of gives you a little bit of a focus. I feel like I go on this back and forth whether I feel okay with the situation or whether I don't. And I'm not talking about the virus. I'm just talking about isolation. And I'm very you know, yeah. thankful for you two that we can go through this together because... I feel like if I, you know, shout uh, out to all of you living in a single bedroom apartment with nobody else there. I, you also, know, also yeah. shout out buy to people video who games. have terrible roommates. Oh uh, my god! Because you know, some of us have recently avoided, moved out from terrible roommate situations, and uh, I've heard so many stories from friends of mine that have been like, "Yeah, my roommates are like having people over during this, or my oh roommates my are like doing," and I'm just like. God, that's or their or the roommates just are really getting on their nerves, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, luckily I feel like both uh, all of us and like the layout of this house and our general habits and mannerisms. Anyway, um, I'm yeah, very thankful to be stuck here with you guys rather than other people because mm-hmm. I could definitely see myself going fucking crazy yeah. in a lot of situations like this. It just dawned on me, should we go camping when it gets nice out? I wouldn't go that far. No? <laughs> what, like, just <laughs> like, I just like why, camping get out into those... the world? Or? I like nature, I like to explore, but I'm gonna be honest, camping is one of those things that always sounds like, oh yeah, that'd be like so cute, we can set up a tent, and, like uh, we have all these things, and then I imagine myself trying to lay down, going to sleep, and just imagining what terrifying animals are going to rip into the tent kill me in my sleep so i feel like i wouldn't be super chill have you seen the videos of people have you seen the videos (laughs) of people (laughs) there's something where they they camped in uh in africa and woke up to these uh lions licking moisture off the outside of their tent i saw that video on reddit yeah um what i was gonna say is we could do a uh classic childhood slash you know they do it in parasite i think but camp in our backyard Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could just get a tent, set it up in the backyard, and like just stay out there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it has the the charm of being outside and camping, but the safety net of just being right next to the house at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I definitely um, it'd be better if we had like a taller fence so people couldn't. We have a pretty active street, you know, people walking and riding by and <laughs> just being true. like, "What the fuck are they doing?" Yeah, that's true. You know, fuck them though. You know, yeah. It's not so much like the judgment that I fear is more just like, is someone gonna see us laying in a tent in the backyard and like also come murder us? Like that's usually where my brain goes straight to murder. Yeah, just murder mm. a lot. We could get um, guns. Mm, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> come try and come murder us. Yeah, I feel like that's how. So many people. How in many this mur- country How many murders start? <laughs> yeah. How do murders start? Let's get guns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I like the idea. I do like. Um, oh, do you? Yeah, do you like, like the you idea? Might. It sounds like you might <laughs> not like the idea. Hear me out, guys. One time, the summer after college, a bunch of us rented like a little cabin on a campsite, um, which was super fun, and it had just like a big field, like a four stargazing specifically off this lake and had a bonfire pit and stuff where all that was in the house was electricity and like you know a sink in the kind of kitchen area which was pretty dope because that was a nice mixture of like all right we're keeping it 
rugged. We're bringing all of our snacks and we're grilling hot dogs and stuff. But then also having like closed door shelter. Yeah. Is cool. Have you heard of glamping? I have, and that I'm very interested yeah. in. It's like camping obviously. with camping with amenities, yes. which you know, it's arguable if that is true camping versus staying in just like an outdoor hotel. Right. Yeah. I but that's also be... cool. I mean, staying yeah. in an outdoor hotel doesn't sound bad either. It's not like I'm not trying to impress anyone. Like yeah. I don't have anything yeah. to I prove. I also not. You know, I like to be bougie sometimes, but I don't necessarily need it to be like. You know, a full, um, totally pimped out situation. Yeah. But you just want you know. like running water and electricity. Yeah, if I can. Yeah, but she wants to not, not super... get murdered by animals and or, or other or humans. humans. Yeah. yeah, that f- fair. Same. Yeah, true. It's just like the main priority for me. So I've always something on my bucket list is getting to see the Northern Lights mm-hmm. above me, which I've never done. Um, I've seen I, them in northern Michigan before. Yeah, people have told me that, they, that they're that they active up there sometimes, Yeah, you know, um, but I still have never seen them. Would love Shout to see out you. to Alpina in 2006. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, yeah. folks. Yeah. Uh, there's some really, speaking of like glamping, I'll, sorry to interrupt, but no, like there's fucking, my friend used to work at this place, I think it was just called like Fireside Inn or Fireside something, but it was like... Oh, yeah, Ja Rule runs that place, Yes, right? yep, Fire Festival Inn. In yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where it all started. Where it all started. That's that hotbed of culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd go up there in the summers in high school and just, like, you know, have a great time. Uh, yeah. But saw the Northern Lights up there. Super cool. It was very trippy. Um, everyone kind of thought they were, like, tripping out because it's like... Yeah. It's like, what is happening right now? But it was just, like the sky was green yeah well i've always wanted to glamp or get one of those like insulated glass huts in Mm. uh scandinavia like norway or iceland Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah and watch the aurora borealis like above my bed that's anyway uh i plan on doing that within the next five years scandinavia is one of my like must go to destiny like I want to go to Denmark, Norway. Like mm-hmm. I would love to. Um, I know someone who did a study abroad in Copenhagen, and cool. it just sounds like the coolest shit ever. So I would, yeah, I'd be down on that journey. Yeah, if we can ever travel internationally again, you know, <laughs> yeah, if the world's not closed, yeah, it'd be fun. Barring to make barring use of it. all those things, but yeah, that would be amazing. I'd love to do that. I've been fascinated on an infrastructure level with Stockholm, Sweden, for a long time, and like reading the girl with the dress tattoo in my formative teenage years uh-huh. definitely didn't hurt that uh-huh. um but I, i'd love to go see that part of the world and you know uh it was really cool we went to switzerland and germany like three years ago now 2017 yeah um and got to see like mm-hmm. where where my my people are from and so it'd be very it'd be very fun to go over to the the Scandinavian part because I've always identified as like ten percent Viking being the yeah I mean the large man you look I am. the part yeah my my genetic tests or my like twenty three in me or whatever uh-huh. apparently I'm very Northern European which makes sense to me but yeah. the thing that I my only concern you with love that, coffee love yeah, yeah love darkness and yeah. coffee um, <laughs> metal uh, the one thing I'm concerned about with that is 
absolutely falling in love with it and then being so sad that I don't live there all the time because when I got back from Europe uh, after I went I had a huge depression basically because I was like man it is really cool there or there's a lot of very cool parts about Europe and just um, I kind of like fell in love and then was like pulled away Mm mm-hmm um, yet to return, and mm-hmm. it was just like this sense of uh, yeah, of loss or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that I would love, you know, the Scandinavian democratic socialist life so much, where I'd just be like, "Fuck, coming back here sucks ass." You yeah. Know? Yeah. So well, visually, everywhere in Europe is so much better than yeah, most places here too, because there's so much history. Well, because old architecture is just better. Yeah. I would argue. Well, stay tuned for episode two where we make Nick a mail order husband for <laughs> a Denmark Amazonian. Oh, yeah. If there are ever in the next however many years <laughs> any thirsty Scandinavians <laughs> for some reason looking for a husband, uh, I will accept applications, I guess, for that. Well, one of the positive things that this uh, isolation has brought to me is that, you know, really the only expenses are utilities on the house, food, and alcohol. I mean, we're not driving our cars very much, you know? I've been... So I've been thinking about the idea of essential versus non-essential a lot mm-hmm. because, you know, people have been talking about non-essential work. But I'm also like, how much bullshit do we, one, do, and two, spend our money and time on that is so non-essential? Where it's just like... Oh, sure. Like, we can get away fine. We're Everyone still is living without, you know, going to bars or going to these entertainment things like no one's gonna die from lack of Coachella or you know South by Southwest or anything <laughs> like that like it's no one cares that all the I mean people care that all these things are canceled but at the same time it's like life goes on at the same time like none of these things are essential in any way it's it's more of like an industry loss as opposed to like a physiological one yes it is not necessary to maintain it's, life but it's on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. it is very close to the top and not the bottom. Yeah. So I've been examining the bottom of the pyramid where it's like, okay, yeah. what do I need to be a you know, a living human and like function normally? Where it's like we're still we have a roof, we have running water, we have electricity, we have a lot of things. Uh thank God we have the internet. Yeah. Um and a podcast studio. Yeah, and, and for some reason, you know, by happenstance, <laughs> we have a podcast studio. Um, but yeah, it's like, we don't, you don't need that much. And so it's like, I think the problem is, I've been thinking a lot about like investing and saving money and stuff recently. And just the fact that most people, it's like when you have money, you just tend to spend it. Mm-hmm. And unless you're specifically saving for a purpose or allocating money to like do something with, it just kind of like you know fizzles away, or like for me it does. It's like oh I'll just oh I got extra money, you know I won't think twice about going out to dinner when I don't really have to or something mm-hmm. like that. But it's like if I were to spend you know fifty dollars to go out to dinner, if I were to squirrel that money away, and every time I wanted to go out to dinner for the next year, I instead put that money away, 
towards our two week Scandinavian yeah, trip yeah, in yeah. twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you you would get that <clears throat> money pretty quickly and all it would take is like not going out to dinner. And I hate like in the um personal finance and like savings community people are like well millennials are broke because they eat avocado toast and have lattes and shit like that where it's like they're making the point of like this five dollars a day is you know financially crippling you which is total horseshit and you know we're crippled with student loans and the latte is all that it you know we can have to like not fucking kill ourselves yeah like a fancy um, coffee honestly gets me through my fucking, yeah, fucking day, day. Okay? like oh you're not allowed to have any joy no. because uh but anyway you remember when we went out into the real world like right after high school and there was a massive financial crisis in 2008 and then now here we are like finally becoming of adult age and starting our lives and a fucking pandemic hits like yeah, I was it's just, just the latte no i was just yeah. starting to get my shit together yeah. I know. And it's like all right i'm like you know i got a steady job i'm like making decent money i have health insurance boom yeah. <laughs> that shit is fucked yeah you know? like literally f- was just getting on the track of like you know what i'm sick of making excuses I'm getting a gym membership. I'm going on a diet. Been doing so well. <laughs> this comes up, and I'm like, "All right, so now I have to work extra hard to stop making excuses for this version." Yeah, yeah. and it's so insane. And it's funny to to hear how many other people are like, "God, I was really starting to get it together." Yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the listeners, we as a couple lost close to fifty pounds. From yeah, the start give or of, take maybe a couple that have come back in the last week. Oh, I'm but I pre-pandemic. Yeah. A lot yeah, you of can't cards count. This pre-rona, you yeah, know. pre-rona. Yeah, um, yeah, and and it's just impossible. Like, of course, our treadmill breaks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, right before this happens. Very and anyway, cute. first world problems. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's well. so much more. You know, that is close to the uh, the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah. That. Um, that we're glazing over right now, but it's hard to be on a diet when you have to be afraid every time you go to the grocery store. You know, right? And, if I'm supposed to stock up on stuff, go to it's gym. gonna be pizza I'm... rolls and like <laughs> boxed items that are not healthy for you because produce only lasts so long. I'm worried it's exhausting. that I'm not worried, but this just reminded me. I feel like we're treading not close, but there's a, a Fox News anchor who was like. I know people are dying out there, but, like, women need to get their nails done. And, like, how are we supposed oh. to, like... Yeah. Oh, no. Like, I think that's... Not Fox. No, you know what you yeah, do? No, 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 no not the good people at Fox News. Uh, <laughs> I think that's almost a verbatim quote. But, <laughs> but it's like... But, uh, I, I mean, obviously, I think we're all aware of, like, the horror of the situation. And we're trying to, I don't know, make some light of it and trying to find silver linings yes. to not like be in despair but uh i also just feel like we, you have to make the point where it's like yes we know that fucking people have it rough and that we are blessed to have any degree of health yes and whatever um i'm happy we have food in the fridge yeah. i'm happy that we have walls around us i mean there there's so many things to be grateful for in this time um <laughs> But, you know, now I can't go to the gym and get my bench on, you know? It's tough times. It is. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because I think about how it, like... Is the cure worse than the virus? <laughs> <laughs> I well, can't get swole. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it 
the other day of like, I'm genuinely bummed that I finally, like, after probably almost a year of toying with the idea of like joining LA Fitness and, you know, paying $30 instead of $10 a month and actually motivating to, to do that, like, it genuinely bums me out. But then I think about the people that I normally see there and like that's their fucking life oh yeah you yeah. know how Jim. hard is it for th- I mean they're got they've just gotta be so sad yeah you're no not one even can like see a them in their core... like fashion fits yeah you know getting sweaty and grunting can we talk about people that dress up to go to the gym real quick it and the psychology behind that is amazing I look terrifying when I am at the gym, I you get should so, look terrified. Yeah, yeah I get this not a I'm sweaty. I want to look situation. unpleasant because I don't want anybody coming at me. Yeah, and there have been a couple times, like re- regardless of age, that at that gym, I just have such a good time. People watching, mostly with women, because you know they want to wear their matching outfits. A lot of like tight crop tops. Yeah, and like booty shaping, yeah. leggings, Lulu and a full lemon. face of makeup. Yeah. Where I'm like. Are you mad that people, you know, when people are like, uh, like I get hit on at the gym and it's so annoying. Like I'm here to work out. I'm like, girl, you did not dress up like that to not have attention. So, yeah, like, yeah. you know what, what is sweatpants still exist? Like yeah. you can uh, not wear ass hugging apparel mm-hmm. to the gym, right. and guess what? Like. You know, I'm not excusing any uh, shitbags behavior, but also there are things you can do, spoiler alert, to mitigate some of that behavior. Oh, right. you know? yeah. I guarantee you, no matter who you are, you can look like shit if you're working out hard enough and yeah. in regular recreational I, clothing. I, I can at also the gym. guarantee that there will be a bro thirsty enough to hit on you no matter what <laughs> True. your status yeah. is, though. And too. So there is no escaping it. Yeah. Yeah. And if so. your body is banging, that's so tight for you. Get and out of the I love gym. that people appreciate their bodies and are willing to show them off. But I just I don't understand why you got to do it there. You know, you're making me feel bad. Yeah, there's plenty of other places to do that. Right. I just it's just strange. It's just, it, it is strange. The psychology of getting dolled up to go work out. Are you? Are you double flexing? Are you well, going there to lift weights and also like show yourself off to the gym? Well, I think that's yeah. I think that's what it is because think we about, do go to a gym in in Royal Oak, Michigan, which is yeah. very polo shirt, tight skirt. But I, I think type that's situation. That's sort of like the gym vibe everywhere. Yeah. I think mm. um, to a certain degree, but people, you know, we're social status animals and yeah we're i think some people aren't and some people are but most people are pretty aware of like how they present to the outside world at any given time so it's just like the same reason you know it's like there's certain people that come to class all dressed up there's certain people that go to the airport that are dressed up Mm -hmm. like none of these things require that you know some people don't give a shit but in the same way that I think a lot of people go to the gym wearing, you know, basketball shorts and a dirty, sweaty tank top. Dude, you know, the same, that's me. Socks yeah. don't match. Purple yeah. shorts. Yeah, exactly. You know, orange but then, shirt. But then the guy next to you has like a, you know, $200 Under Armour, you know, yeah. fucking thing going on. It's like, so yeah. there's there's different ways but, uh Depending on, I think, what your priorities are. Do you life. think that they're dressing up in isolation, or is it all social energy that they're seeping? You know. Well, I think people are still 
getting themselves together at home if there's going to be any kind of like social media media posts about it because oh god I yeah. mean the amount of people that I keep seeing just on Instagram too like all very and I do it too if I you know if I make a bomb ass meal I'm going to take a picture and show it off I'm proud of my work but I'm also not going to like get all dolled up and be like oh yeah this is just like what I'm doing today like I did this just for me sometimes I do but I'm that I'm not going to like walk around and post about it but it's probably a hard time for social you know influencers as well the ice cream museum is closed yeah like where am I supposed to take like really hot pictures I guess I'll just repost pictures from this trip I took five months ago yeah. over and over a lot of day. bathroom a lot of selfies in your own bathroom mm-hmm. yeah that's it yeah yeah you're right I really feel bad for the influencers in this time yeah it must be just so hard Rip. for them yeah Let's yeah. let's let's throw them some thoughts and prayers. And just like sure. looking back on the audio and us talking about the value of doctors and nurses yeah. in this time, it's like yeah. Speaking of non-essential, there's yeah. a lot of good lighting for my ass in right. this bathroom. I mean, someone think of Kendall Jenner right now. Oh, yeah, please. Like, you know, she is suffering. <laughs> right. I mean, thoughts and prayers yeah. to Lord all. Lord knows those... where the cameramen have been. We no. can't have that around. How are we supposed to make our show? Well, that's yeah. why TikTok is thriving so much. Which <clears throat> listen um, up, yeah. gang. I. I just uh, delved into that world and I did think I liked it for a day and now I very much hate it and it's very <laughs> confusing the dances are weird people just put we I mean sometimes I see things and I'm like so you watched that back and thought yep yeah that's the one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how you know I miss vine vine was better cause it was just silly and weird and people just take themselves so seriously now it's so hard to like imagine what a day in that mind is like this is the comparison tiktok and gym behavior you know it's like the people who are dressed up at the gym Mm -hmm. are the people that are making tiktoks because it's like it's all just this presenting this outward social you know appearance or whatever and it's just like people who have hot take people who have great self-esteem are probably not on tiktok because it's like you don't need social validation at everything that you fucking do mm-hmm. you know or it's like i understand that if you like like you're saying it's like i've if i make an amazing meal or something um like for christmas or thanksgiving or something i'll be like yeah I put this on social media. Look at it, everybody. Yeah. Give me some likes. I put love but it's in like, this. But it's not like every day you're like, please validate my life at every single moment of every day for every activity I do. And I'm doing these activities to get this validation right. as well. Well, and it's a weird addiction, too. I took, during my you know health journey, I took a few weeks off of Instagram just because I noticed that how mindless it is for me to just open it up and be scrolling and all of a sudden an hour has gone by and I'm like what the hell did I just do yeah so I took a minute off and it was great because I like really didn't care and I felt like I wasn't missing much and then like the moment that I was stuck at home I was like well fuck that everyone needs to see my cat (laughs) and a lot of it comes down to that for me like I'll post a bunch of other stupid stuff throughout the day but he's so psychotic and he does have a lot of fans I will say a lot of people go out of their way to tell me that they enjoy the content of Klaus that's the Klaus tent yeah what would you call that Anyways, I mean, I'm here for that. And I like to see the validation of people being like, oh, my God, he's so weird. Specifically (laughs) that stuff. I don't have that, like, need to check if I just posted, like, you know, a picture of taking a walk or whatever it is. But there is this weird sense of, like, anxiety-induced, like, 
addiction to checking if you have notifications on yeah. a stupid well, app. Well, because that's sort of how they're designed to be. Like, the right. idea of notifications are, like, designed to kind of addict you. But I was going to say, like, cute pet content is the biggest justification for mm-hmm. social media the ever. internet really the internet yeah, yeah. Uh, every platform <laughs> not global sharing of information like, yeah I mean, show just me them like dags. cat content yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um corgis, that can break my day all day yeah cats like adorable like mm-hmm. um i saw like a video of a like a chipmunk or a flying squirrel like jumping on a cat's back and riding it like a oh. horse today like it was fucking great like it, nice. it brought me this like uh, like deep kernel of joy that I, you know, otherwise mm-hmm. would have not gotten. I mean, yeah. here's a Look beautiful picture puppy. of a puppy. Yeah. Like, that's not fair to even post. Yeah. Oh, God, it's and so And I'd pure. rather see puppies than people's ugly-ass babies. That's right. Like that, so, <laughs> because I know, yeah. I know that's a good boy, you know? Like, I just know it. Yeah. Babies grow into humans, and hot take, I don't like most humans, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So mm-hmm. yeah. the probability is against me liking that thing, but that dog, mm-hmm. probably going to grow up into a good boy. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly one of the biggest challenges for me right now, is I've been trying to go on walks as much as possible when the weather permits which it's been super rainy and shitty but every time I go on a walk there's so many dogs being walked and all I want to do is talk to them and I know that all they want to do is to be pet by me Yeah. and just the worry in their eyes as their owner has to like shuffle them across the street because no one can walk past each other anymore comfortably Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, it's very uh, sad. I was taking a walk the other day and I uh, was talking to Molly and she was like oh my god there's so many dogs that I can't pet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's really hard yeah. Uh, yeah, the but, struggle. The struggle's mm-hmm. real. Molly, I love every dog I've ever met. She seen. contributed to the playlist I'm making um, today. Oh, nice. I made a uh, a playlist called "Leave This On at Night" for um, you know my friends of my friends, the artists that you know aren't allowed can't can't play any more live gigs, and so pretty much their revenue, as far as music's concerned, is completely halted. As it is with a ton of hospitality, entertainment, many um, industries right now. Gig workers are eligible for unemployment in the coronavirus, which that I is think is fantastic. really fantastic. Cool. Yeah, that's um, that doesn't always happen that way. I, well, no, they <clears throat> in uh, other situations they, they made a point. Um, to do that because I think it was at least some fighting or some argument in Congress to be like, yeah, there's a lot of um, self-employed people, gig work people that are like, their lives are shut down as well. And, you know, it's not just people that have, you know, full-time jobs or whatever uh, that are suffering from this, like mm-hmm. everyone is. So part- part-time people and gig workers, self-employed people are all now eligible under the, the current bill, which I think is the only good thing this government has done, you know, ever. But um, I was also going to say, Molly just has very good taste in music. She does. Mm-hmm. She's introduced me to a few bands. Shout out to Molly. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Molly. And- in high school, we used to sing together all the time. We'd harmonize um, to pretty much anything and everything, so... Nice. She got me into a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah. The playlist is called Leave This On At Night by Jay Winter Mossart. And if you want to contribute an album, if you're listening to this podcast, we probably know you and we're friendly. So go ahead and throw an album on there. <laughs> and my goal is to get a thousand homes to stream it at night because that can translate into real revenue for people that uh, have lost their uh, their main main source for is that yeah. spotify it is spotify. is that how mm. is that how that works if like we're enough gonna have to people, get a twitter for this hashtag en- the honkering if, <laughs> if enough people um 
or like listening to something at once, you get more revenue. Is that how that well, works? Well, just now, overall plays. Please oh, feel just free plays to, overall. to okay. at us here if this is incorrect. But from all of the research that I've done as far as streaming services go, yeah. Spotify, if you if your song or your work is streamed about a million times a year, you are making a living wage. Whoa, uh, that seems reasonably achievable for a lot of people just considering the now like with the internet the globe you're not you have a global audience you know or it's yes. like if you can convince people not even just you know in america in your state or whatever um but in the world like a million people out of seven billion is achievable it is achievable it is also a massive number when you think about the average reach of a, a yes. local band yeah, that doesn't sure. have resources. You but know. on Spotify, but yes, it is the, your reach is infinite. Uh, yeah. Shout out to degree. Spotify for Spotify ads. That is easily the best bang for your buck as far as advertising your music if you do not have the, the money to do it professionally. If you can't get a publicist or a manager or an agent... Those things. If you pop 250 bucks into a Spotify ad, you will have engagement and it will translate to revenue if your music is not total garbage. Right. And there's there's a lot to be said about getting on to playlists that are created that, you know, play in stores and stuff like that. Because that was one of the, um, the biggest thing for our band. We have a bunch of songs that have like 200,000 plays on them, which like wouldn't make sense normally because like we barely play any shows. It's not just a random person it's being no, played on a store playlist. No, it's because we're on a bunch playlist. of like, people I'm, have been like, oh, I heard your song in like Old Navy or Starbucks. So I never thought like, about that. Certain songs have ended up on like, what whatever it's called. I mean, there's there's a bunch of different ones that we somehow landed on that because they play so frequently in those kind of places over and over yeah. that they've technically gotten that many plays. That's which crazy, is crazy because uh at the restaurant we would play um playlists just all the time mm-hmm. and uh like a friend of ours made you know handful of playlists that we kind of would rotate through mm-hmm. but like every single day for hours we'd play these yeah. playlists and it's like that adds up yeah. you know i never even thought about that but all those people were presumably getting paid for that which Please. is really nice yeah, yeah that's play, crazy play your friends music even if it's if you're not listening to it stream it it costs nothing if you're buying a, an internet package from a provider. Yeah. Stream your friend's music. They will make, albeit a very small amount of money, but they will make money from each play. Hey, I mean, every little bit counts. Because, uh, okay, like, if you reach a million people, you make a living wage. But if you reach however many people and you have a part-time job, you're getting extra money on top, yeah. which is, like, nothing to scoff at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, you know... Spreading good Put art it towards in general's your knife. trip to Scandinavia. Yeah, you know? this, <laughs> this podcast bought to you, brought to you by the Denmark uh, Tourism Bureau. Yes. Thank you so much for uh, the sponsorship. Yeah, I think the Iceland Tourism Bureau is like super good, actually, and will offer you weird deals on going to Iceland. I uh, think so. I might be making that up. That, no, they they are they do target Americans. Yeah, absolutely. To, like, as and so uh, I heard about and. A bunch of my friends took like two hundred and fifty dollar, three hundred and fifty dollar round trip tickets to Iceland mm-hmm. to go there. I mean, yeah. I know twenty people that have gone because it was just so cheap. Yeah, the airline cheap. that was offering those flights shut down. Oh, oh no! Oh, yeah. Because it was so cheap. Yes. Well, well I mean, I'm sure there's more factors yeah. than that, but you're offering two hundred and fifty dollar round trips to Iceland like that's 
way below market value. Well, I would imagine that Iceland was like um, hooking it up, like yeah. offering them money to subsidize that in some way. Yeah. I would but like to see it. Yeah. All the pictures look incredible. It just looks like another planet. That's actually where they shot uh, a lot of Prometheus was in Iceland. Also, um, the what's that Ben Stiller movie? Yeah, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Mm-hmm. Walter Mitty, yeah. yeah. Uh, that movie when he's like just skateboarding, like longboarding through Iceland. He's got rocks on his hands. Yeah, I was like, that makes me want to go to Iceland yeah, so bad. Like, same. That movie was just like, oh my god, it looks beautiful there. That movie yeah. in general just made me think like, I am not doing enough with my life. Yeah, shout yes. out to Ben Stiller for giving a wonderful dramatic performance and not over over cheesing it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that's like... That was a charming, a charming film. It was yeah. great. I haven't seen it since the theaters. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. The Secret uh, Life of Walter Mitty. Mm-hmm. I believe. It's, it's based off a book, mm-hmm. I believe. I think so. It's an adaptation. Uh, Kristen Wiig yeah. mm-hmm. also has a great like musical number in there mm-hmm. i think like yeah it's just uh love her where's she at uh i also love her um she i feel like she hasn't done much lately i've been thinking about celebrities a lot lately where i'm just like what are they doing you know the uh, ones that are shit. on you know popping onto like jimmy fallon's <laughs> at home i i read a <laughs> televised i read show. a vicious like twitter takedown of like celebrity culture because people were like celebrities need to shut the fuck up about like in this time like they need to go away like no one cares what they're doing like the whole like whatever the little song thing they like a bunch of them did did you see this oh, there's like yeah they, yeah, like, they pass all, like, around them pass singing, around their phone. singing where it's like <laughs> someone is i think uh they're just like the whole point is like remember me like look at me still yeah, or like or it's I'm just like to this spread is, joy. yeah it's like no you're rich like donate to some like buy someone a mask like don't fucking make this bullshit you know or yeah whatever. there are a couple people that i genuinely do care about like oprah we really need her right now and i wish that she would like do some stuff to make me feel good also this would be like a beautiful time for beyonce to i don't know maybe just like release some footage like literally anything to get me through because i know she's got a bunch of stuff hidden or even if she gets online and does like a free choreography breakdown do you know oh. how many how much joy that would bring to so many people that would including myself people. selfishly but uh, that's a great idea have beyonce been, have beyonce. you been following uh, have you been following no. cardi b's take on the coronavirus <laughs> oh my god because do i want to know about bit. it i mean <laughs> i i forget what there's a legitimate uh do our 12 listeners need to hear yeah. this nick well, where is this even going by the way what this podcast? oh we'll just send it to friends oh, i think who knows? Yeah. Oh, all right Straight to you know what? Let's just send it to Ricky Gervais because we're pretty much preaching his message right now. We'll have him, we'll have him put it out. <laughs> Fuck celebrities. They should sit down. They don't need to say anything. But Beyonce, if you want to release a choreography <laughs> yeah. breakdown, we all need that right yeah, now. We this, don't have the financial resources right. to all get every copy of Just Dance 2014 <laughs> to present. Which okay. is this also is, keeping me sane. Thank this you. is also just, by the way, being executive produced by Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I will say one of my highlights of the year was him hosting. Oh, was it, it was the Oscars? so fun. Uh, or the no, the, or yeah. the no, no, had no, no host oh, to, no, the, the, to the Oscars. It was the, the Golden, Golden Globes. Globes. You're right. Yep. Which uh, he just makes me giggle so bad because he truly like has an insane "I don't give a shit" spirit. Oh, half and it's of his just opening. so funny. Yeah, his lines were like, oh, "Are we still here? It's been <laughs> Everything so." Everything was just like, "It doesn't matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't matter." <laughs> and now that rings so true. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, you. I feel like to be a comedian nowadays, like you have to have that take. Yeah, because you know it's a clusterfuck. So I've always enjoyed comedians the most that you could tell that they were intelligent enough to be informed to the point where they are pessimistic because they're realistic type thing the like the the bill hicks or the richard pryor or the george carlin well, i was or just the... gonna say george carlin mm-hmm. uh, i mean like chris rock jerry i mean all the classic comedians everyone that you know is super smart yeah. they're incredibly intelligent because you have to be observant to find the humor in in these things you know well stupid oblivious people are not making comedy and stupid oblivious people are usually don't go that far well (laughs) uh, they're making a different kind of comedy yes Uh, but um they're not making like these you know very poignant social critiques that are also hilarious because they're pointing out the absurdity of of what we're doing versus the reality of what the situation is yeah i watched a couple episodes of sarah silverman's show i think it was on hulu maybe um, but it that a great example of just like she's obviously very funny, yeah, she's but there's great. so much like thoughtful, intelligent messaging in all of her shows yeah. that is just like well, because like it's just so nice to watch she, I know that she's like a big Bernie supporter, mm-hmm. and like, um, yeah, she just like thinks deeply about what's happening, and when you do that, you start being like, this is all fucking crazy. And it's mm-hmm. easy to make fun of um, because it's absurd. Uh, her episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee mm-hmm. is one of my favorite ones. I still haven't yeah. seen that one. I'll, I'll check good. that oh, out. We good. should, uh, if you guys want to like binge watch some of that. Oh, yeah. Every I've episode seen a lot is, of it, every but episode's very the newer good. stuff I haven't watched. I haven't seen of. any of the newer ones. There was a great one with Jim Carrey, too, and he's just like, I just paint a lot now. Here's uh, my studio. I just paint I feel like he's, pictures every day. He's gone off on. A journey. Well, yeah. did you see Jim and Andy? The documentary on Netflix about him playing Andy Kaufman? What, in Man on the Moon? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't see the documentary. The movie was crazy. Yeah. He... So I was obsessed with Jim Carrey when I was a kid. Same. You know, as many, many... An adolescent uh, boy. Oh, my yeah. God. The, He's you the know. funniest fucking guy, like... Dude, mid nineties so Jim Carrey oh my is God. insane. Yeah. yeah, Ace Ventura, The Mask, Liar, 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 yeah. Liar. Holy yeah. shit! Oh yeah. my God, hit so after many... hit after like killing it. And <laughs> and so I of course just wanted to be that funny and that you know uh, charismatic and yeah. and everything. But the reason I'm bringing up Jim and Andy is because it kind of gives you a little bit of a look into what changed. And wh- where kind of the turning point was? Ooh, like, it's when he plays Andy Kaufman, he method acts all of Andy Kaufman's characters and Andy Kaufman, and it kind of drives him insane. And he admits it. He admits that he comes out of that movie different, like feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's um, so I recommend it. It it is not an easy watch by any means. Him him playing some of those characters was like a fucking nightmare for the directors and producers, and it's cringy yeah. at times. But if you loved Jim Carrey as a but kid, I, watch that. Andy on Kaufman Netflix. was cringy too. Like yeah, you know. So I mean, to make a movie, a serious movie about him would be challenging for that reason. I, so I would many, imagine so many comedians revere Andy Kaufman as like a god, like the the at that 
comedic well, art form. Well, it seems like unbound yeah. by c- any social or constraint or whatever. Yeah, dude, what, um, dude? You're gonna fight a bear? <laughs> you're gonna wrestle a uh, woman? I, what, what's what's <laughs> happening anymore? <laughs> you know, uh, the book that I was telling you about, um, me, myself, and us. Uh-huh. Um, I just read also me, myself, Irene, great Jim Carrey movie. Oh, so, yeah. Wow, holy shit, that yeah. movie. Yeah, that's made, for the adults in the audience. Yeah. That's uh, a, that's an R rated. I think flick. I was too young to watch that movie because it legit made me uncomfortable. Like I was uncomfortable seeing oh. that movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I know it's supposed to make you uncomfortable, but I was just like. Yikes, you know. Yeah. Uh, but so, me, myself, and us, they were talking about. Um, he talks about the psychology of creativity and how it's so often like, you know, creative people are um, oftentimes more likely to be depressed or emotional or like, you know, you think about um, actors or musicians committing suicide, uh, Heath Ledger, mm-hmm. Robin Williams, people who have um, substance abuse problems, stuff like that, where. Like these, you usually don't make good art if your life is like the best. I completely agree with you that. Know, or it's like I'm a horrible songwriter because I'm not a genuinely unhappy person most of the time. Yeah, my lyrics are about sandwiches. Yeah, you know. Whereas you know, <laughs> which is fine, but it's like it's like that raw emotional bordering on breakdown or insanity that like the Amy Winehouse the music that creates like music where you're like oh shit like that person's going through some real shit right now that's why they call it painting shout out always sunny (laughs) um but I I completely agree with that um I think that pain and struggle can make for some of the best art I don't think it's a necessary Building block it's not for a, it's art. It's not a prerequisite. It's too big of a world to cast that as a, a, a definite. But it it does. I you think do it, think about I things think it's, differently. I think the extremes of human emotion and experience make the best art because, like, whimsy or like wonder and joy also mm. produce amazing art. Where um, there's something I saw when I was in Arizona, where it's just like this r- black room full of like dangling lights, where it like made you feel like you were in like a sea of these weird lights, and it was very disorienting. Where it was just like it was beautiful art, but mm-hmm. it wasn't you know horrific or like yeah. you know tragic or anything like that. So, but but I think that really good art. I think the thing about tragic art is that it. What other way in society are you free to like? expose your sadness in a way like that where it's like being sad or being depressed is it's becoming more accepted for people to talk about but especially like in you know elder days it was very not uh appropriate to be like hey not feeling great right now but like the blues and all these sad songs it's like that's where people express that and then i think people um, were attracted to art like that because it spoke to something in them that they couldn't express on their own. Yeah. So it's like I, it's like hey, I love the blues because yeah, I feel for this guy, I empathize with this guy's sadness, and I feel that sadness. But you know, I can't go out sing the, sing the blues. I because I can't or I can't go complain to you know whoever about my problems. Mm-hmm. But it's, so you take this solace in someone else. Uh, like feeling a level of sadness that you're feeling or whatever. Yeah. 
We're talking about sadness. Well, well, just I just like, stepped up to use the yeah, restroom. Yeah, whoa, it's spiraling <laughs> again. Uh, uh, no, just just like um, talking about like Jim Carrey and mm. creative, like the brink between like creatives and artists being like very emotional or sad or like tragic or like mm-hmm. the the correlation with mental illness or substance abuse. Like if you are creative and like you know people who have very very happy childhoods are not people that are creating like. Amazing right. art or amazing very music rarely oftentimes. do you find like a comic who comes from like a really normal, yeah, like well adjusted, yeah. yeah. But same with like acting and stuff yeah, too. I mean, exactly. you have to at some point be really in tune with your emotions. I mean, I've I've always been like a super emotional person, but when you take, I mean, just having gone through, you know, the the college format of it and like taking classes where you're constantly told to like basically break yourself down to get like as deep inside yourself as you can and then build off of that like you explore some really dark shit and it's hard to like come back from that yeah because i mean that's from my understanding like in acting school or whatever it's like okay what is saying uh uh sadness and anger to you you know where it's like explore the saddest time in your life or explore when you've been most angry and then recreate that in a convincing way i don't think i don't think you can i mean unless you're a complete sociopath like i don't think you can fake that like you were actually feel like you're actually feeling that anger. I don't think you're acting that anger. I think you are... Well, for you, some people, yeah. Some people you yeah. are, but I like. I think good actors, you are drawing that out of yourself and, and recreating it in a convincing way in a different scenario. But yeah. you are, I think, nonetheless, in some degree, like, feeling it or at least approximating that feeling to, like, sometimes, like, a scary-ass degree, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's different, you know methods and whatever that people go through and different yeah. like techniques or whatever but at the end of the day yeah if you're doing it truthfully it's coming from a personal place I mean you can be a character so much that you want to but you know it's always going to come from your personal experiences of how you deal with certain situations and I even had I had a directing class where we had we had a few series of classes where certain people were going to kind of I guess present that day and the idea was that you had to get up in front of the whole class and share a really difficult story that you've either only told like a couple people or like you've never told anyone and the the idea of the exercise was as a director to watch someone tell their truth when it's really difficult or you know the way that somebody this is like more like technical, I guess. But if you're watching somebody tell a story that's like really difficult for them to share, there's a lot of nuance in that. Or, if, you know, the idea of somebody like holding back tears rather than just like, and now I'm sad and I'm crying. Yeah. There's so it's much like more subtle emotional. Yeah. But also that's kind of not fucked up, but it's, it's crazy in a certain way. Cause it's like manipulating your own emotions. Right. And it was a weird, like, okay, everybody just get up and tell a really sad story about which yourself. Is like, guess which gets where, weird real quick. Yeah. Cause it's like, guess the only other place you do that is, uh, therapy, right. you know? Um, and so in, uh, the D and D podcast or stream that I watch, uh, they're all trained actors and I feel like they use it therapeutically. Mm-hmm. This is critical role. Yeah. Okay. They um 
especially one guy, Liam, um, like, I don't know what happened in his life, but I think, like, either, you know, like, family sickness or something, but his uh, character was so incredibly sad and very tragic, and you could tell that he was not faking that shit, you know? Like, he was drawing out of himself to, like, act this character out, but he was doing it in a way that was so um, vulnerable and, like, all in in this mm-hmm. Dungeons & Dragons game. Right. But it was, like, he was... I feel like he was doing it as therapy. And I feel like a lot of... I feel like you can use acting or you can use art or performance or anything as therapy. And I think, going back to comics, um, I wish I could remember his name, but he did a video where he was talking about, like, being on stage and acting or uh, doing stand-up is his, um, like, self-medication. Mm-hmm. He's like, the only thing that makes me feel good is is doing stand-up, you know? So mm-hmm. he's doing it as, like, a, as a medicine, you know, for his sadness, where it's just like... You think about why people are doing the things that they're doing. It's like, yeah, why did you become an actor? You know, what's that doing for you? you yeah. Know? Yeah. A lot of depressed comics out there. Yeah. And dentists. <laughs> Dentistry seems weird. I actually, the only two dentists I know personally are both very happy. Same. It's a, it's a married couple. Okay. Actually, I know a couple dentists. Weird. I lived in a house in college that next door, the three guys that lived there were all dentistry students, and they all run their own practices now. And they're all very happy people. But isn't it one of the, uh, don't they have like some of the highest suicide rates in the world? Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't been to the dentist in uh, a few years, so not one to talk about. What's a a few? I don't really want to disclose that information (laughs) at this time. That's fair. I am fully ashamed, and I need to go. Um, and I, I think we my... should take a five minute break. <laughs> yeah. I love We're gonna my dentist. Check out Ellie's teeth yeah. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> they look good. You'll be all right. All Some right. people. Uh, I can actually. I can just take a five if you guys would like to keep chatting. I was just gonna make myself a beverage and yeah, use I can the restroom. Do that. I can do that yeah. too. I need a chip okay. and a and a re up on my adult beverage. Mm. Now we're would from our sponsors, uh, Denmark Tourism Bureau <laughs> and uh, Spotify, Spotify, Ricky Gervais, uh, and the coronavirus. And please come back, Kristen Wiig. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. Hi. Made myself another old-fashioned 
which I have perfected in isolation. Mm. I like, by the way, I like the idea of doing a different cocktail every week. Yeah, mojito week next week. Yeah, keeps it keeps it fresh. Mm-hmm. Also, you get to learn new cocktails. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Meanwhile, I, I'm just drinking White Claw. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. 2020. It still yeah. is 2020, so yeah, you can so have it does as make many sense. White Claw. Yeah. Know? Someone sent me a meme the other day <clears throat> that said, uh, you know. I don't know much, but uh, everything was fine before y'all started drinking them seltzer beers. <laughs> no, it didn't exist. Yeah. Coronavirus. Before uh, is it correlation? Yeah. Is it causation? Uh, we don't know. Who's to say? Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I'm, I'm a fan. It took me a while being the beersman that I am to get on the hard seltzer train, but White Claw is the superior one. I uh, haven't had a better hard seltzer... Um, and it's really cheap to make, and it's not as unhealthy as uh, as beer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they definitely all, for the most part, kind of taste the same to me, but it, it came at a time when I finally joined the bandwagon of, like, sparkling water yeah. in mm-hmm. all of its varieties. Because well, at it, first I was like, LaCroix, Tobo Chico, that stuff's disgusting, say, and now I'm like, that's the only water I drink. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the wave of, like, LaCroix happening was a big thing. And I think Amazing. people were, like, people were putting booze in LaCroix anyway and then some goddamn genius was like hey uh, my friends we can brew this my friend Dave uh, came up with the idea of Britzers you know bro Spritzers but like years ago and has been pushing it and then when White Claw happened he was like god damn it because he was so mad that uh, they apparently like took his idea but chase your dreams guys yeah Mm -hmm. chase your dreams that's you know it's never too late or yeah. never too early. Uh, I will say that the there's been a delightful response to the hard seltzer community from the beer community, where a lot of people, a lot of breweries are making like very sessionable um, IPAs and just kind of like re-recipeing heavier beers to be light beers. Um, light-hearted is a lovely example of that. I feel like the days of the heavy beer, I mean, for a lot of people, is are over because the bubble has popped for uh, sure yeah because it was a novelty for a while but i've always you know this about me i've always hated like triple caramel barrel aged you know stouts or whatever because Mm -hmm. you're drinking like a little snifter full of syrupy gasoline where it's like this really isn't great and like i (laughs) i want to call people out who are like this beer is excellent i'm like no it's just like syrup like it's not good i mean i think we disagree on this to a certain extent i mean okay there's which is great we can talk about it there's some value in beers like that when i'm trying to drink beers Mm -hmm. well you are not a craft beersman you've got a miller light so I no hate just just say I like craft beer but I think I have a minor hop allergy and Mm -hmm. when I'm drinking beers my problem is is that I can drink indefinitely like I Mm -hmm. can drink a lot and if I start drinking shit that is super high alcohol or um, very sugary or very hoppy the next day I will you know getting old feel I'll feel like I'm gonna die it's not very Scandinavian of you Nick well I mean. No, Old it's a English wicked beers hangover. Are uh, we're super low, low ABV. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, I think this is the beer my body's built for because I can drink a hell of a lot of these over a long period of time, feel great, uh, not get super full, not get super drunk, um, and yeah, 
Yeah. I don't know. That's no. what that's what I I am looking for from beer. So is so is most so are most people. Yeah. Number one selling beer on the planet is Bud Light. Yeah, sessionable. You know. Yeah, I'm not gonna say if, it's clean, uh, but yeah. Know. But like if um, if Guinness were cheaper, uh, mm-hmm. or if like you know, I like a nice like dry oatmeal stout or something like that. Mm-hmm. I like anything uh, with the nitro, you know, mm-hmm. creaminess. Mm-hmm. I'm all about the nitro, but yeah. it's like you know. Um, it's just like they're a, a little step bit up. pricier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything nitro. Um, I've only had one or two nitro yellow beers. Yeah, love those. Yeah, you know, I wish they did that more. It will. It works well with certain styles. Um, I will say that I prefer most hoppy, like bitter beers, non nitro. There are some exceptions that, yeah. to that rule, but um, I think the CO two works well with that with that bitterness, but. Yep anything dark that I've had could be improved with nitro. It is more expensive, though, and um, a little bit harder to manage, so I can understand why a lot of establishments don't uh, don't get don't into do it. it. It's yeah. just, a, you know, it's a little bit more of a learning curve, but you know, I hope it becomes a new standard. But It's a nice option. Because yeah. for me, beer, the biggest problem is just the heaviness with the carbonation if a stout bar opened up that had like eight nitro taps that place would be packed oh i'd be here listen up detroit actually oak park michigan you guys (laughs) just got the ability to uh have alcohol vending establishments you Mm. could have stores there but there couldn't be bars or breweries before like six months ago what oak park couldn't have a bar yeah it was like mm-hmm. semi-dry semi-dry city and they just Whoa. passed the ordinance to have them that's why there are literally like three breweries opening up or trying to in you know in the midst of all of this I in oak park that. interesting yeah so uh nitro stout bar we're here for it yeah we might tight. detroit might not be ready for like a you know perfume cocktail bar <laughs> yet but we are ready <laughs> dude there are some hairy Big boy Midwestern men that would sit at your stout bar for hours every day. I think if yeah, you'd have to do some like some numbers on how big and what the rent was. But yeah, if you had a small place with like enough taps and seats, just oh, you know, if you could secure you know um, some rare stuff, stuff, yeah, yeah, and and honestly, you know, partner with some breweries, get a couple barrels in your back room, and start aging some stuff yourself. And then if the brewery likes it, then you can start a program with them. We probably really know. Good idea. We probably know the right people to do that. Yeah. In a certain capacity. God, that could be stout fun. bar. Ooh, with a with a waffle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. That's a great idea. You could market your own syrup. Man. Yeah, that'd be great. It's an easy way for me to get diabetes in like five hundred pounds. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. A but, strawberry or like a like a strawberry Guinness syrup. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, dude, we got all the time in the yeah. world. Like, yeah. let's, let's make that happen. All right. I literally was I'll telling Allie. I'll put on Allie, my mask and go to the store tomorrow. Yeah, the other day, I was telling Allie that when I was a kid at the Troy Nature Center, I would uh, we tapped trees and, and got syrup and, and tried it. We made our own gum, and it was you very, like, DIY. tapped your own maple syrup? Yeah, they teach you how to tap a tree, and um, it's, pretty pre- cool. it's pretty easy. Yeah. You literally, like, hammer something into a tree and then put a bucket under it. Yeah, it's, it's just very tree easy. sap, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. And think so, about that 
for a yeah. hot Wild. second. Yeah, syrup literally grows in trees. Yeah, yeah. that's very cool. <laughs> yeah, ask uh, anyone very, from like, Massachusetts. The Pooh. Yeah. I love that process. <laughs> yeah, it's very you love what process? It feels very Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, just like mm-hmm. there's a thing inside this tree that we're I want. <laughs> we're out in the forest, and I've got a bucket for some reason. <laughs> I'm wearing a red tank top, yeah. and yeah. we're hitting trees. Yeah. I'm pantsless, and I'm yeah. ready for syrup. <laughs> Playing, t- we're watching Tiger King. Yeah. 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 You know, hates uh, syrup is Carol Baskin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why she wants to stop us from so wholesome. Man, what a wild show. We're not done yet. We're on episode five of seven, I think. And so we won't spoil, but everyone I'm sure on your social media feeds is telling you to watch it. But if you you don't mind a little bit of uh, trash reality TV... It's more of like a trash reality, like just a documentary. It's not really reality TV. It's like a weird mix between the two. Did I send the, you guys the tweet where it was like, you know, it's like one of those conversational meme tweets where it's just like, hey, you bored? It's like, yeah, man, I'm so bored. Well, it's like, what do you know about tigers? Nothing. Why? <laughs> Buckle up, you fuckstick. I've got a fucking show for you, like Netflix talking to you. Oh, man. Very it's just true. like, yes, who knew... <laughs> That they needed this. Yeah. Yeah, uh, who truly. Who knew that some guy down in fucking Florida or wherever has been producing this for the last five years and during one of the most trying times in history chooses to release it now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. I love that streaming services and uh, kind of different media outlets are adapting effectively to this pandemic oh, and like dream frozen 2 came out them. early yeah. onward came out like Animal a Crossing. month after it came out in theaters because they had to adapt um god bless the netflix executive who was like you know what they need tiger king right now like we need frozen 2 someone hit a hammer against some glass and yeah. pulled out the tiger king tapes <laughs> yeah in case of an emergency <laughs> okay release joe exotic yeah they had to like simultaneously like turn two keys to like unlock the vault yeah. that Tiger King leopard printed yeah. keys. Yeah, Lord, yeah, that's a wild ride. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. We haven't been watching as much TV as we normally do, and we kind of touched on this earlier. But yeah. you know, we could be super lazy and just watch TV the entire time. But like you said, Nick, our excuses for not doing things are gone, and we're not necessarily. Um, you know, working as much or it's in a new uh in a new type of setting. Like I'm still working from home, you guys are not, so it's just like it's very different and I would think that we'd be binge watching the hell out of T V. But and that hasn't been are. our reaction. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people are doing that, but I I just have such a hard time with it. Unless I'm like not physically feeling well, those are the days that I'm like, okay. That's fine. Or even this morning for a while, you know, mm-hmm. like laying on the can, couch and watching. You TV can watch fun, too much TV, and you can you can binge yourself out as well. Not that I think we've done. We, I mean, we haven't done that, but I know a lot of people can do that. Where it's like, at a certain point, you're like, man, all right. Presumably, I've been watching Netflix for 48 hours. Like now, yeah. what? You know, it's like everyone needs some novelty, and I think. Um, you know, when your when your day is broken up forcibly by work, you know, jumping from work to Netflix is very easy. But it's like if you're just stuck in one mode, it's like, OK, what am I going to do that isn't consuming some media or whatever? Uh, 
in my free time that isn't work. You know, yeah. now that that third of your day, that eight hours of your day isn't taken up, Truly. Like, what are you doing? You yeah, know? it's been a great time for little projects. I hope people are improving their houses and, you know... Um, we raked some leaves the other day. We Ran found out up some bags. pictures. Yeah, we got to get some more bags. But we did find that the um, the leaf pickup starts April 1st, so we can get rid of the bags soon. Um, but, yeah, it's the been The content nice. that people want to hear about. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, We're going to be talking a lot about landscaping in our <laughs> yard. Mm-hmm. This could be, uh, speaking of that, this could be the year that we actually like plant stuff. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of big plans. Gardening? Yeah. For cleaning up a bunch of weird areas. I mean, that whole side of the house, there's just a bunch of nonsense. And we might as well, you know, make it the land we can live off of, you know. Yeah. Grow some vegetables and some herbs and shit. Yeah. Be I real love, I'm, I'm all for it. I love a backyard-grown tomato. Mm-hmm. Like, I love a tomato, shit. love a basil. Yeah. Basil grows... I mean, uh, my dad planted like a sprig of basil five years ago in his yard and it turned into like a weed and just overwhelms everything and it's awesome yeah like it's just everywhere now. you can never have too much basil yeah, yeah. it's great it smells yeah. awesome and it's like my mom did the same thing a couple yeah. years ago mint and Ooh, mint and basil I'll plant some hops this year we could you usually need like a trellis for hops right they grow up like vines they grow up like vines right. so luckily our do, deck has a trellis but you probably wouldn't want it to go along with the vines, though, right? Wouldn't that, like, entangle and... We could cut what I understand, the vines, vines would be more resilient than mm. the the hops. And, and really, I don't know if I will, because they they do take two to three years to become, like, fully blooming and, like, a viable hop vine. Yeah. I just love that idea of having a, a beer garden in my backyard, yeah. to be honest. It's quaint. It's nice. Yeah. I, I really would some... like to build that... Uh, that little fire pit, though. That's something I keep forgetting about. But when we go for bags, maybe I'll look into getting some stuff for that. Mm-hmm. I still think we could just buy a fire pit. but <laughs> We can, but then it's not in ground, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, but, yeah, we've been talking about different activities that are, like, um, fun and viable for social distancing. You know, things that you can do with people um that are more than six feet away and and bonfire is a perfect slam dunk for that or like a a picnic out in the park apparently camping's off the off the Mm. docket yeah i mean there's lots of things that (laughs) i like how that conversation devolved from like we should go camping and then you're like yeah but we could like camp with amenities in a cottage and then nick's like no, we can just camp in our backyard. And it's like, we're not camping anymore, guys. You know? Like, that, that was just a really... Like, I don't know why you guys we are protecting me from a harsh rejection. We could just know. camp inside of our house yeah. and change nothing yeah. and call it camping. Yeah. Listen, I'll just put up a pole in the middle of your room and it'll feel just like it. And mm-hmm. it'll be great. We could just eat hot dogs. Or we could just make s'mores. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, yeah. we should make s'mores. That's like 90% great. of camping, I think. Yeah. True. We were also. We should also make corn dogs. We were talking mm. about corn dogs. Yeah, I love a corn dog. Mm-hmm. Do we have? Do you need a deep fryer for a corn dog? Because you have to dip Dude. it in the batter, right? Oh, I don't mean uh, make them from scratch. Oh, you mean I like definitely buy a just like buy corn yeah, dog and throw it okay, in the air fryer. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm never gonna make it as well as that shit's yeah. gonna taste. So yeah, if everybody who is in isolation doesn't have an air fryer yet, they're not Get expensive. One. They're amazing. Your vegetables. 
will be tasty. We should really get sponsors for this because <laughs> I feel like half of what we're doing is like product placement. Oh, I'm yeah. a total like, consumer. Yeah. I mean, oh, I will yeah. plug. You want me to talk products. about Bath and Body Works for 35 minutes? Because I easily can. Yeah, <laughs> I give do. me candles. <laughs> I do. Well, this is. It's funny because it's like everyone has things that they like, and it's just like the. Th- <laughs> like, hey, want to hear the books I'm reading, the podcasts I'm listening to, the products that I'm using whilst in isolation? Yeah. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of products, um, it's impossible to find, obviously, any kind of, like, disinfectant spray or wipes of, like, any type of brand. Yeah. I have really scoured the internet. Today, um, I got so desperate that I bought, I ordered a pack of toilet bowl cleaning like replacement pads that go on like the end of a brush uh-huh. to clean your toilet um, but they're made by Clorox and they're disinfectant so I bought them and that's what I'm going to scrub groceries down with when I get oh, them like now. Oh like bleach yeah like bleach Yeah they're just like little spongy guys that yeah. you stick on like a a stick to clean your toilet. Um, but I feel like that's f- what's available is kind of like one step away from where the average consumer looks. Like right. You can get so much isopropyl alcohol and they're like, no oh, that's problem. not for yeah. me. And yeah. you can make hand sanitizer or you can, well, you know, make it's funny, disinfectant wipes. There's a, um, he works for a larger company, like one of these, like, I think like a Silicon Valley company, like Slack or something, but mm. he is based in Detroit. I think his name's Andy, but he is, he's making, um, hand sanitizer, like, and cool. like, and, like he's, he converted a factory or something to a hand sanitizer factory and he's producing like gallon jugs of hand sanitizer in Detroit to, That's ship, amazing. to ship around. Ford, uh, Ford converted a couple of their plants. Whitmer said, um, earlier this week, Governor Whitmer, and also, um, more that I've read about three or four distilleries and breweries that have I saw that switched as well. production to yeah. hand sanitizer, which yeah. is super cool. I also heard the auto show is being canceled and that they're turning Kobo into a hospital oh, for whoa. this situation. That's Via text from oh my, my sister, God. which I'm assuming is from a viable source. Um, which sister? Caitlin. New- Put her on blast. Is this true? <laughs> Let's call Caitlin. her on. Uh, I know in New York they've called in the Army Corps of Engineers to like change um hotels over to hospital like they're turning hotels into hospitals essentially like makeshift See, that seems like mm-hmm. a yeah, really real. easy transition as well, far as mass buildings yeah you know a lot well, of the I infrastructures mean, they're, it's, there they're, they're that's so, probably ignorant now that i think about it it's very hard yeah. uh, but there's separate rooms there's um it was going around the um there's a speech by you know I don't know, someone in the army who sounded extraordinarily competent um, was just like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We've got a plan set up. We've got, like, the the schematics. Anyone can take this. You apply this to whatever hotel. You know, you make these tweaks. You blah, blah. They're like, put this up. You set up a nurse station in the hallway. Boom, boom, boom. Wow. We're already doing it here, here, here. It was, like, so refreshing, at least, for someone in the army to be like, hey, I'm extremely competent and in control and providing some level of clear leadership for, for everyone. Yeah. Um, What's that like? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so yeah, some I mean, people, some people are still like, despite uh, our, some people's best efforts, uh, there are 
segments of the government that are doing incredibly good jobs at you know handling this situation as best they can yeah yeah um i mean leave it to the military to completely change over a space to a medical or different purpose like they have to do that all over the country all the time you know well Um, my my dad was in the army corps of engineers in vietnam but what i forget that yeah what he was stationed in okinawa um in japan and what he did was basically like build bridges and like build schematics and stuff like that so it's like the army corps of engineers is doing crazy stuff and uh my former roommate rachel is in the army corps of engineers and uh she does work all over the country you know and is doing cool stuff all the time yeah Um, is she has she been called into uh uh, maybe we can't talk about it yeah i don't know uh well i don't know and um but i imagine that you know I think this is probably like an all hands on deck moment for the country yeah. and um you know she like you know where it's like other things like oh a bridge or like everything else has second fiddle right now compared to dealing with this so I yeah. imagine like people are being called in from all over the country to do what they can in terms of uh making these transitions happen cuz not to get like super back into coronavirus, but it's like the biggest issue that we're facing is the, like, you know, the whole point of the curve is like to keep that curve under the flat line of the hospital capacity. Yeah. So it's like, that is something that's, it's very hard to move that line. So it's like, even if they add X amount of hospital beds, you know, it yeah creeps that line up a little bit with this huge curve of potentially millions of people which is impossible there's no way we can help that many people yeah or treat that many people rather so it's been a really interesting concept to think about where we have to band together while staying separate you know what i mean like it's a wonderful time for unity for our for our country or you know the entire world you know you hope that everyone's sharing resources and information to help you know stifle the progress well, but well, nothing nothing brings people together like a common enemy yeah mm-hmm. yeah and this is something that like you know everyone can rally uh together against you know um it's it's apolitical it's bipartisan no one <laughs> very few people rather are like <laughs> everyone can agree that this is you know a nightmare scenario and i think everyone's like on the same page in terms of helping one another and trying to be um compassionate and understanding like it's it sucks that it takes uh like horrific tragedy like something like this or like 9-11 for people to be like wow we should really care about each other it's like yeah right you know know. it's, it's unfortunate that we um always seem to lose sight of that in like normal times you know yeah yeah i know but it is like going back to the silver lining thing. Um, uh, I've seen a lot of tweets from people working in grocery stores and hospitals and being like, people have just been like so nice and understanding. And, you know, a lot of the people that get treated like shit are people that are doing really important work and like saving our asses right now. So yeah. I think they're finally being treated properly but like and hopefully they will be um hopefully people will remember this at least you know 
within our generation's memory bank. I was yeah. just I was just reading an article about like you know, like generations have different perceptions of memory. So it's like the people who lived through the Great Depression behave differently than people who were born in the 50s, you know, and things like that. So it's like, because they don't remember, they were never exposed to that. Yeah. But it's like, hopefully this generation of people, if any, if good comes out of this, will remember this situation and we will think differently uh, and act yeah. differently and be maybe a little bit more compassionate and a little bit more prepared. And maybe we will, you know value our grandparents more or you know just you know like mm -hmm. hopefully this will jostle our perspectives in a in a positive way i haven't seen uh, well i completely agree and i think that you know it's only been a week or two since uh gubernatorial orders have come down towards us directly like a mandate yeah but i have to think that if this lasts another even month that everyone who's experienced it will think a little bit differently and will be changed by what's happening around the world right now. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think so. There are still people, you know, who work at grocery stores and stuff. At least it may have gotten a little bit better, hopefully, in the last week or so. But, you know, people sharing stories of customers coming in and just being fucking awful to them or, like, mm. people stabbing each other to get cases of water at Costco where it's like, okay, you don't need water. I think you're, like, misunderstanding what it is that you need to be stocking up on. Like, the whole point is to not be at the store every day with a ton of people. Yeah. yeah. You know, even now, well, grocery stores are going to And this is where, open. like, some clear leadership would help in terms right. of, like, hey, everyone, the water, water's going to be fine. Groceries are going to be fine. Toilet paper is not a thing you need to be hoarding right now. You do not need to be hurting one another for these things these are the supply chains that are fine it's like just don't <laughs> interact with each other you know yeah. it's like um but uh, but i feel like there's been a lot of misinformation and confusion and stuff like that that is making people behave in these kind of crazy ways because right. when people i mean when the power goes out or they when shit goes sideways people lose it pretty quickly like there's a very thin um layer of society that protects us from you know i think going a little crazy you know yeah it's just mm -hmm. interesting how people handle it yeah. in that regard of like what they think is important that they need to get and also i mean at this point pretty much everyone in our area has been like pretty much on lockdown for like a week at least if not more and the fact that you know saturdays you know i've had multiple people say like oh yeah so-and-so went to the store or whatever and that it's all completely packed still and i'm like you guys yeah <laughs> stop all going to the store on the weekends like you're still exposing yourself to all these people it's just the the like bare minimum of the idea of what you're supposed to do with social distancing people like don't even understand yeah like, the whole thing of not leaving your house is the same thing as not being in a packed grocery store with a thousand other people. Do a parking lot drop-off if it's available. I know that's become less available. Or go very early or, you know, mostly very early because I feel so bad like trying to sneak in right before they close because yeah. those grocery yeah. workers strange, have to be like, so strained. But yeah. But try and find a time that's odd, whatever works for you, to get out there. Right, it can't know? still be the weekend. Like, really, everybody can still only go on the weekends. 
I mean, we're not health experts, but this is what we've been told. This is an informed opinion to a certain extent, you know? It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah I, I think it's not outlandish to be like, yes, well, w- what we're advising is that you just follow the, the guidelines that everyone has advised. Yeah, the commonsensical yes. things that Which also people that are informed are telling you. Right. Yeah. Which even the governor had to say, like one of the press conferences last week, she's like, okay, as a reminder, please relax at the grocery store. They need time to actually restock items. Stop going for a minute. Yeah. Didn't you all... You know, everyone rushed and got all this stuff. How has that not lasted you enough time to, like, wait a couple days? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's like, there's still the same amount. Here's, it's like every day. There's still the same amount of people eating roughly the same amount of food where it's just like, you don't need to restock for six months every time you go. Yeah. I really uh, don't understand the, the toilet paper thing. I know that everybody uses toilet paper unless they're enlightened beings and have a bidet. But... Yeah. Why it has it has been consistently out of every grocery store for about two weeks ahead of us because the bidet culture they've got like those primo bidets future toilets so uh, Pat sent me a link to a premium Japanese bidet thank God well I mean this thing looks lush like uh, the deluxe edition Um, it is funny how it's like three hundred and thirty dollars for this thing. Uh, that's okay. And then uses it. extra water. You pay, okay, we've historically paid thousands of dollars for big screen TVs. You know, you pay four hundred dollars oh, sure. for an Xbox. You can get toilets, one for fifty. Toilets are the most low tech thing that we use still. Where yeah. it's just like it's kind of silly that we're like, okay, we have iPhones, we have blah blah, but we still basically like you know shit in a water bucket. Yeah, <laughs> we're using. Yeah. 100 year old actually I mean I think Roman like 100 to 1000 year old technology <laughs> did you just quickly go in your head back of the well, history just, of like, the how toilet long have we had septic systems like toilets for a long time yeah. you know yeah. uh, in some capacity where it's like we're using some pretty outdated sh- shit no yeah. pun intended yeah to uh to, to so remember- it's like why haven't we upgraded here? No, we, dude, I'm feeling way too fancy already with the two buttons on yeah. top, where it's like oh, the number one oh button God. and the oh, number two button. Whoa. Yeah, so I'm already choices. overwhelmed. Like, what I'm supposed to put on, like, decide whether I want high or low heat on yeah. my butt air. Yeah, you know. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day, where it's like software, like all your computer programs, all your apps patch all the time. Like you're, they're being updated constantly. Mm-hmm. But it's like you can't update physical things like that so mm-hmm. it's like you know uh toilets houses you cars with i mean the bidet. You, can, you can with the bidet for for a mere Upgrade price your butt. our <laughs> our new sponsor <laughs> high price japanese bidets day bidet listen on this podcast we're selling two things we're selling syrup and we're selling bidets all uh, right <laughs> after eating so many belgian waffles you're gonna need a bidet the Danish would be embarrassed. <laughs> how you live in your toilet paper life. Oh, uh, how we digress. Yes. <laughs> Back to people, um, you know, congregating in grocery stores and being crazy about that. Um, do you know that people are doing corona parties like they did with chicken pox? Mm. Where they're just purposefully exposing their yeah. children 
to coronavirus so to get it out to to infect them yeah. so that they don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. And do we know for sure if you've gotten it once that you can't get it again? I do not know the answer to that question. I, feel like I was I thinking about that earlier. Anything yeah, on that? Uh, I've heard mixed um, stories on that. So that sounds um, like first order insane, yeah. you know, like infecting kids like that. But just to play uh, slight devil's advocate, I guess it's like, okay, children are um, the least likely to have serious symptoms they're also the most likely to not have control over Over, like where they go and who they spread it to the the asymptomatic transmission is is like the big you know a huge problem and that's why it's been spreading so crazy so that's yes it's it's a (laughs) i don't think anyone should be trying to get infected by this but the other thing i was going to say is um monitoring uh from what i've seen about healthcare workers uh on twitter is that they 20 percent of people that get it are healthcare workers because and there's this thought process of like viral load like how much virus you're exposed to because like once you get this virus basically as soon as your immune system detects it you're you're in a race with the virus um and if your immune system's compromised or if you have these other issues like how people with um, cardiovascular disease or hypertension or other things like have worse outcomes because mm-hmm. they're already like inflamed, their immune system's already, you know, dealing with something else. But it's like um, if you're exposed to if someone, you know, coughs a billion viral particles or whatever in your mouth versus like you get a small you get one virus particle or that's something that's my kink the coughing of the people virus coughing into in my mouth. mouth yeah great um we'll try that out yeah. later babe <laughs> um but but there's this unprecedented thought, times but, guys but it, unprecedented but, yeah, yeah but it's the th- <laughs> it's it's similar to like the thought process of um they did this for smallpox actually they would take a smallpox Pustule or whatever, and like hate that word. Yeah, gross ass word. A lot of gross ass words in uh, medicine. Um, But they would take some of it and like give it to people. I think like like give you some smallpox, like pus or whatever. There's a word for it that I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's basically like exposing you to the smallest amount of this possible. Right. It's like a to, flu shot. Well, that's what sort vaccines of, are, right? Yeah. Uh, vaccines are exposing you typically to dead virus or like okay. deactivated virus. Okay. This this is exposing you to live virus, but and and a lot of people do still get sick, but a lot of people react a lot better. So it's like there's this trade off between like with smallpox. If you just get smallpox, it's horrific and terrible. Yeah. Um, but if you do this. There's like a one percent chance versus like a whatever percent chance that you get this. So there's some people who have this thought process that it might be better um, to do what you're saying, like with coronavirus. But the thing is, that hasn't been proven or tested or right. anything, and so it's pretty fucking reckless right now to do something like that with your children, because also there's all this stuff about. 
new stuff is coming out every day where it's like, hey, it has effects in uh, not. It's not just like a. It's not just the flu. It has effects um, for your cardiovascular system. It can attack the central nervous system. It can do all these other things in different cases where it's just like we don't know enough about this virus to be. It's not like oh yeah, it's it's not the chicken pox. It's not these things like yeah. it's not the flu. This is a the problem is that this is completely new. We don't know enough about it. We're just now figuring this out. Six months ago, we weren't aware that this was a thing. And now to be like, oh, yeah, I know. I'll just treat it like this. No. Because that'd be like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to infect my kids with HIV. Right. You know, think about how insane that would be. Where it's like, we don't know what the, how this virus is going to turn out. It's like, you're not, none of these things behave in the same way. And that's why we're having trouble with this right now. Yeah. Yeah. I just... Well, people are... Back to the people are stupid (laughs) segment. Oh, yeah. People are fucking stupid. Right. I also... This is such a strange time for kids. Like, I don't even understand how people are going about, like, explaining this to their kids. Explaining, like, why they can't... First of all, like, not be in school, which I'm sure for some kids is like, hell yeah. But also not being able to see your friends and stuff. Like, there's a certain age where you just really can't explain very much. I mean, if you're under six, there's not a lot of, like, understanding that's going to happen. And it just seems like such an insane time for parents and, like, you know, all my teacher friends just trying so hard to, like, mm-hmm. Skype or, you know, send lesson plans of any kind. It's a weird, weird way to not have, like, that sense of normalcy because, I mean, there's no way these kids are finishing the school year. No, Unless no they pick probably that, not. You know, it, there's uh, no point in the summer that it's really going to make sense. So many people are like, uh, like... What if you were supposed to graduate, you know? It's going to be open by Easter. What if you were supposed <laughs> to, you know, it's your senior year of high school. Like, do you really have to go back later? No, I, I, I don't, don't know. It's I don't think they that's going to answer, happen. They I haven't answered think... it on a national scale yet. No, but, it's crazy. But I think people are unwilling to say things on a national scale because you don't want to alarm people in terms of like we don't know when things are going to be fine right people don't like uncertainty that's why they keep just saying like two weeks at a time yeah like and, um we think like maybe for two more weeks like we'll address it later again yeah like oh, it's gonna sorry, be longer guys. than that yeah. yeah the death toll's still doubling every well, day <laughs> sorry mean, a lot of people don't fucking plan more than a week in the future, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, tr- truly, though, your hearts have to go out to parents of all ages right now. Oh, God, like, yeah. like, I mean, having a very small kid and he's slobbering over everything, or having a five-year-old that has all the energy in the world and you got to keep them inside and they can't mm-hmm. touch everything they see. They can't or touch like your their shitty face. teenager or, that you're or, used to not having exactly. around. <laughs> or you can't socialize as a little kid. Like, yeah, little that... kids are... Your brain is built by socializing with other little kids. Yeah. So it's like, hey, little Timmy, you got to quarantine. We're going to have a generation of kids that are going to be weird. Yeah. yeah. We're going to build you some friends out of your Legos. Yeah. yeah. Or... <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be that. I didn't even think about that. Until the, now. the one that I didn't think about is uh, a coworker brought this up. Um, he has all four of his adult children at home. 
the youngest one is in their 20s mm. and he's like you know what like i don't know what's worse having little kids and having to manage like homework and also my working from home or having four kids that are all adults and all different people that all have an opinion mm-hmm. about all of this i honestly <laughs> uh i honestly it, it seems like a real challenge for for everyone but for parents as well yeah. you know the joke the, it, the joke started with like oh there's gonna be a baby boom in nine months right. and then someone mentioned like there's gonna be a lot of divorces in may yeah, yeah. and it's like um, oh a lot of parents are gonna eat their young well, in the in I'm the just interim glad that i'm at this age because if i was in college or like seeing your friends is everything yeah. Or, I mean, God forbid, like in middle school when I was so terrible being around, like being stuck with my family and my family only for Yo, like months. I hate you, mom. Yeah. Get me out of here. I hate this place. Yeah. How many times can you play Oregon Trail before it's over? Yeah. Right. Well, like, thank I mean, God, this but is. The, this is the best time in history for this to happen mm. because we're the most connected without being in person as possible. Yeah. And it's like, when I was in middle school, I was on AOL, AOL Instant Messenger like all the time. ASL, all the time. bro. ASL. Yeah. Oh, did you guys have buddy profiles? I had like all the things. You could have like quizzes and stuff. Yeah. My favorite part about like the trolling system back then was that on your buddy profile, there was like a little link and it would take you to like this very strange page where I think all you could do is change the font and the color, but it would have like quiz um, questions and like surveys and stuff and then on the last page it would show all the screen names of people who have looked at that buddy profile oh, yeah. and Oof. how many times yep unreal and you could nothing, see all nothing your, now all ever your says stalkers. how many times you've looked <laughs> yeah. at stuff that was unbelievable because I would look at because I went to Catholic school and I would like look up these like girls that I thought were slutty bitches and I'd look them up from like the, the public schools whatever and I'd you know, be judging all their shit, and then they had no idea who I was, and I would see my name on there, and it'd be like, well, I, whatever username has looked at this profile like 27 times, and everyone else is in like the single digits that they've looked. And I was like, they have no idea who I am, so it doesn't matter. But, oh, yeah. what a great time to be alive. It, uh, a lot of like italicized lyrics being oh, my only yeah. message. Oh, if you make that passive aggressive song lyric. Oh, yeah, famously. Message. Um, <laughs> I would have Taking Back Sunday the quote that says so sick so sick of being tired and oh so tired of being sick <laughs> and it was like gray background <laughs> white font yeah, oh my God. lots of like squigglies dot 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 you know figure it out I'll be back <laughs> in a couple minutes so you know what I'm you gonna go did. eat some pizza rolls I'll be back yeah. <laughs> you know what you nothing to complain did. about I loved that god I really nothing gets me going like scream singing along the taking back Sunday did uh mm. did you visiting those profiles so many times ever come back to bite you in the butt? I think a couple was times. With, was there were like, definitely like a few times of being like called out for yeah. it in a certain sense. Or if it was like a bunny that I liked and I'd be looking it up. Just such silly shit. Yeah. Loved um, it though. I, mm. Oh, I, I heard somebody was br- brought back. It's not through AOL, but someone... It's called like Chat nineteen ninety seven or something like that, and somebody designed like a format that looks exactly like AIM that's up right now as an app. I would, and you can like create, um, you know, away messages and stuff like that. I'm gonna look. Somebody I sent a put, link to yeah, it. Yeah, I'm I'm potentially interested in that. I, I love those days. Amazing. Um, 
That's and how maybe I learned it's, to maybe flirt. it's nostalgia. AIM but. was like a way to have confidence when you were just an acne faced dweeb. You know, yeah. you, could, uh, you could take three minutes and try and be suave. I officially, I think, dated a girl uh, for like a month purely over AIM during the summer. Mm. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, Geneva. Geneva. Wow. Yeah. I had that's an where interesting... she lived, or that's what her name was? Uh, that's her name. Okay. <laughs> was that her screen name or her real name? That's her real name. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I knew her in real life. Oh, okay. I went to school with her, and I don't... I think I asked her out over AIM, and then it was it was in the summer in, like, sixth or seventh grade, and, and because of that, you know, I think I had a bike, you know, but it's like we didn't see each other, and then yeah. I was like... And I forget how we, like... We were like, you know officially dating or something mm-hmm. for like two seconds. How but old were you? When was this? Sixth or seventh grade. I don't know. How okay. You, uh, so like 11, 12, 11, 12. I bet it was riveting. I bet you were on the edge of your seat and you got real mad at your parents when they wouldn't let you go on the computer to talk to her. Oh, I would I would like sneak out of my room at night and go on the computer and like be on AIM all mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Lucky girl. That's commitment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's one of the girls I went to Europe with actually. Still oh, very, cool. Yeah. Still good friends with her. Okay. Very cool. But yeah. I had an interesting um, AIM, I guess you could say, relationship, um, <laughs> where in sixth grade we did, uh, the middle schoolers always did like a roller skating field trip, whatever, at the end of the year. And so we went and it was, what do you call that, uh, snowball or something where the girls have to ask the guys. Isn't that Sadie Hawkins? Yeah, but they did it at the roller skating place where like a uh, girl had to like ask oh, a boy to like slow I, skate with them, which just ooh. meant like very slowly skating next to each other and not looking at each other or talking or touching, yeah. but just being next to each other. Uh-huh. And I <laughs> was skating next to this boy, Michael, um, and we were friends and like literally did not say a word, didn't look at each other, just skated next to each other. And then that night I logged on to AIM <laughs> and within minutes I got a message <laughs> And it was Michael, and he said, hey, so, um, do you like me, or what? <laughs> and I was, I was, I have never been happier in my life. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, like, are you serious? And this is when you don't have, like, if no one else is logged on, like, I had no one else to tell. Yeah. And I was just like, mm, yeah, I guess so. Why, like, do you like me, too? And he was like, yeah, cool. So, and I was like, alright, see you tomorrow. <laughs> And then we would sit in our, we sat next to each other in our library class and we would pass notes back and forth to each other, just like a bunch of stupid shit, even though we could very clearly be talking out loud to one another, it would just be, you know, writing notes. passing notes. notes. So many notes. Yeah. This went on for, you know, a couple weeks. And then he started a rumor that he took me to the movies and we made out underneath the seats, which I don't know if you've ever been to a movie theater. (laughs) That's not how that works. Back in 2001, but, uh, you couldn't get under the seats back then. They weren't recliners. And I straight up, someone like said it to me in a gym class and I shouted like, if you ever would have taken me out, maybe I would have. Oh, but I wow. dumped his ass, and that was the end of our Damn. very long three-week relationship. Damn. Where I had already it was Christmas was approaching, and I bought him a DVD and wrapped it and everything, wow. and I never gave it to him. I never told him because I was, was so embarrassed. Um, it was a James Bond film because he mentioned that was he it, likes those movies. Was it Goldeneye? I don't remember. Oh my god! 
I want to say it was up. the. If it was Goldeneye, he fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Just remember. Saying. Whatever would have been that relevant been later, in yeah. like 2000. I guess it would have been like 2002. If it was Tomorrow Never Dies, like it's whatever. You, you should know? now send him. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> With no explanation, yeah. no note. Yeah. He will have no idea yeah, who it's coming from. Yeah, just send him a DVD of He's like Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> yeah. You can watch this at your home under the seats, <laughs> you pig. <laughs> Uh, I f- okay. Uh, I feel like this this will you know age us all or whatever. But uh, that was like I think pre cell phones or pre smartphones at least was like the last time there was like probably wholesome, silly middle school dating relationships because mm-hmm. instead of notes, like now you can just text. Yeah, and also. I saw some, like, or, like, heard some NPR segment where it's just, like, everyone is, like, sexting and shit, where it's, like, it doesn't matter how old you are and all this other shit, where it's just, like, you know. It's not as pure. There's some no, non-pure it's like, it, no, it's stuff like, on it's, like, TikTok. massively fucked up now, where it's yeah. just, like, um, and it's, like, you know, um, Billy is, you know, pressuring me to do this, and then I send him this picture, and now he shows it to the whole school, or, like, sends it to everyone, and it's, like, that's fucked up, where it's, like, that shit uh, did not. What, I mean, it was impossible to happen. No, if we anything, you got a note that said like two words could have meant anything, and then you dwell on that all night. Yeah, and you sleep with that note under your pillow, or you show you someone know? that the biggest like bomb was you showing someone else like a love note that someone mm-hmm. else had been like, and then them being like, "I didn't write that." What freak? <laughs> Brad stole the note from Tiffany, and it said that Stephen likes Tiffany, and you know, yeah, holy shit. But now it's, like, fucking way worse than that, you know? It's like, I know. I can't imagine having, like, Snapchat and Instagram ooh. as a oh team. Oh, my God. I am... Wow. My kids so are not getting cell phones. That. I was going to say, it makes me... Ever. It makes me... Like, I want to have kids, and that makes me uncomfortable to, like, put a kid into that world. Because I don't... First of all, like, adults... No one... Humans weren't built for that, and... Like, we were talking about with, like, Instagram and the gym or whatever. Like, adults can't handle that shit. Right. Let alone a child that has no context or, you know, perspective on something like that. And they're trying to figure shit out. And it's just like, hey, this boy wants me to do this. Or, hey, I'm expected to do this. Or, hey, it feels good when people like this picture of me. Yeah. You know, and it's like you're a sad kid with no self-esteem or whatever. It's just like, oh, God. the. Mm-hmm. The avenues for mental illness there and also just terrible behavior seem infinite. Right. Absolutely. I'm just so grateful that if that was around, like, I mean, having LiveJournal was bad enough. Just pouring out my daily emotions into a vessel that no one was reading. But are we... Okay. And I always like to think about this, too, because... (laughs) That's crazy, he says into the podcast. Microphone in his own (laughs) basement. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say... Uh, there's every single older generation is always like, I forget, like when telephones came out, people were like, oh, now the young children are talking on their telephones and innocence mm-hmm. is lost and, you know, people are reading things other than the Bible and, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, are we already being old people about stuff like Snapchat? Oh, yeah. You know? Well, we can't help it though. I mean, technology is just growing so fast that it's like impossible. Yeah to imagine all of that being around when we were younger because we were kind of I'm so glad it wasn't because I would have probably been like 
um, convicted of crimes. (laughs) 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 I mean, like, okay. Not to say not admitting that I broke any laws, but like, you know, a law may have been, a line may have been crossed in a number of ways. And Mm -hmm. it's like, if you're recording everything. Right. Oh, I mean... It just sounds like a nightmare scenario. Like, I cringe at my own time hop or Facebook oh, memories yeah, yeah, yeah. nine mm-hmm. out of ten times. I mean, we, look, we grow as people. Yeah, you know. If you look back at yourself from ten years ago and you're like, "Yeah, that guy's great," you should be ashamed of yourself. Yes, like you yeah. should feel shame for yourself ten years ago. Is it weird that I'm wearing my varsity coat right now? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a fifth of Jack Daniels yeah. <laughs> and a black and mild, yeah. and I'm feeling good about it. Yeah. You graduated from whiskey to fancy whiskey with a cherry. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. instead of drinking, like, Burnett's and Squirt, I drink <laughs> White Claw <laughs> yeah. hard seltzer. Thank yeah. you. You're class. You're an adult. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I will say, we are in a very unique <laughs> generation to have grown up early with no internet access and then be given it around the time I mean for me it was it was around 1995 so I was like you know seven years old right you know and it was minimal I mean the beginning of AOL was like oh and early internet was not teaching like patience, the internet really. we have no now, yeah obviously. internet 1.0 it was like versus playing 2.0 a game. you were in like this weird format because you had to pop in an AOL disc and like you yeah. know well I mean yeah. it's very, it it very clunky it required a lot of like yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. It was probably like using I mean, I haven't really used VR, but it's like probably like using VR now. Like you have to mm-hmm. wear a big ass fucking goggle and it's weird. You know, it's the same thing with early internet. It's like it wasn't intuitive, it wasn't easy, it was very weird. Um Yeah. Very slow. Mm-hmm. Very slow. Lo- you load your pictures. Oh, yeah. But Porn took forever. (laughs) (laughs) Download it. You print it so you have it. So you don't need to read it. You're saving that on a floppy disk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's really interesting that we, you know, we have all these fond memories of like middle school and high school AIM chatting, AIM chatting with people. But we also had the childhood unaffected by that technology you know like legitimately like the best option we had was to go play with friends out in the neighborhood when we were young and then when we like hit puberty this thing came into our lives where the internet came in you could talk to whoever you want and crush on a boy Mm -hmm. over the internet or have a relationship with a girl for a month strictly on AIM yeah I do think that it's, just going back a minute, that, like, the story that that boy thought would be so, like, worth lying about was mm-hmm. that you guys went to the movies and made out under the seats. Right. That's the greasiest, like, unimpressive story. Right. Well, there, you know? there were rumors like that in uh, in my middle school as well. There, <laughs> One of my best friends, I won't say, I won't say names here, but... One of my best friends was embroiled in this scandal because he had a crush on a girl who was widely despised by many. And Mm. he sent her um, a number of, like, sultry messages that she printed out uh, and then showed everyone. But then she also made uh, claims 
of other like activities beyond that um and the whole sort of you know it's one of those things where it's like you say some scandalous shit yeah. when you're in seventh grade everyone knows about it in two yeah. seconds um it's so hard yeah, to see why she was, was universally hated. She sounds like class act. Oh, God, she was the worst. Uh, she actually later on in high school told me that she wanted to uh, roofie and rape me. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So, like, that's a nice compliment. Yeah, so she, <laughs> yeah, very flattering. Felt good about yeah. myself yeah. that yeah. day. Yeah. And I've, I've been you know, riding that high ever since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, she was... Uh, objectively pretty bad um was she attractive no. objectively nope no okay yeah uh extreme not attractive extreme not a good person it was Dang. just a bad uh bad combo um but yeah oh man i i haven't thought about that in so long but um kids are weird and they're trying to figure their shit out and they do really weird shit and I feel like their weird shit should be confined. You know, it's like you shouldn't be judged on the shit that you do when you're in middle school because you're trying to figure right. stuff out. You're all fucked it's up. It's a terrible time. Yeah, I was scared ter- of them then. I'm scared time. of them now. But now it's like being recorded. There's data being produced now. Yeah. I mean, you know, people are. Data being produced and observed yeah. and recorded by yeah. bigger companies. Well, yeah. When not only your that, hormones yes. are going nuts yeah what a nightmare facebook youtube um tiktok all snapchat all this other shit where it's like you're now producing content of you as a child and you have no perspective or wisdom because you know when you're that age you don't know any better and you don't know that you don't know any better till you're later or older and uh and yeah you're doing this shit and potentially I mean, making horrible mistakes. Everyone makes horrible mistakes at, at that age, but they weren't recorded. I'm, I've am i never been more thankful for my home videos being on VHS mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Or I don't even know the format, but it looked like a cassette tape kind of thing. But it was oh, like... those little cassettes yeah, that, that you came put right out of the video, video. the camcorder. Yeah. yeah. I do have a video camera at my mom's house that records straight to VHS. Love those. Yeah. 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 Bought it at a yard sale for um, $35. I lent one of my coworkers a, a DVD. A mm. digital video disc? Yeah. And they were like, I don't even have a thing to play this in. So just the idea of thinking of a, yeah. of a VHS where I'm like, how do you even play that now? Like. Yeah. Nobody has, has a fucking VHS player. Who has a, yeah, a VCR? Not I literally use the phrase VHS player. Yeah, a VCR. <laughs> you know what I thought was like so high tech when I was younger? We had our our family friends, the Delaney's. They had one of those, um, like a little just plugged into the wall, but it was a machine specifically to rewind at a high speed your VHS tapes. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's so tight. Like I don't want to sit here and stare oh, God, at rewinding. Yeah, like, when you go to Blockbuster and you come home and you're like, are you kidding me? Be kind, please rewind. rewind. Yep, yeah, that's right. And people wouldn't. And I remember it would like rewind an entire movie in like twenty seconds. And yeah. It was so impressive. It would take so long to rewind movies. Oh, <laughs> I at one point 
came across the double box set of, or like the box set of the Titanic oh, movies. Yeah. The second one yeah. magically and starts yeah, at the titties. And you rewind those movies. It takes like a fucking oh my decade God, to rewind the Titanic VHS. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, you mean the two VHS yes, box? That's, yeah. yeah, that's And famously, the second tape starts exactly where there's a naked lady. Yep. Which was very convenient for my little brothers when they had a sleepover, started watching that movie, and within 10 minutes, they were already at the second tape. Yeah. Executive producer like, of this podcast, Kate Winslet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. a fantastic Thank you actress. so much for your support, yeah, Kate. Yeah, we really your hard work. appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheers, know what Kate. I thought the fanciest or craziest thing was, technology-wise in those days? Car phones. Oh, I know. They were so, like, luxurious. My dad had, I believe it was a 1994 black Grand Marquis mm. uh, with a car phone. Holy shit. Was it, like, Amazing. insane. It had its own little, like, thing in the in the floor. It, like, emerged. Yeah. Oh. And it was... Uh, Magical. It felt like the future. It felt like you were in Blade Runner with the yeah. car phone. You're like, Whoa. my dad has always worked in car sales and stuff. And um, growing up, he always had, you know, he'd bring home like a dealership car. Yeah, the car. newer cars. Yeah. And so it was always a wild ride to get into like some crazy car where they'd have like different colored lights on the inside. Ooh. Like there was a while where he worked um, in high school. He worked for BMW. And I was like, ooh, this is a sick whip. And they'd yeah. have all the fancy stuff. And I just was like, wow, there will never be a day where I like have a car that has a touch screen on it. Yeah. And Brought that's to kind you of by just like the regular BMW, also sponsor. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to Klaus, our cat, for being a really good boy right now and yeah. not screaming into the microphones. Thank yeah. you, Annie. He's quietly exploring the just situation. Just walking on the table, waiting to be fed. It is past his dinner time, so he's being pretty good. But he did get a give him some. He got a lunch. Oh yeah, Yeah. got a little late sneak. And he ate all of my trail mix last night. Mm -hmm. He's been doing this cute thing where he rips into anything and everything during the night Mm -hmm. and goes into full raccoon mode. But I think we should talk a little bit more about like eighties or nineties. luxury technology like um mm, the yes. the tv that's built into the mirror in your bathroom you know what i mean uh, how like a screen is in part of it i don't know any like actual people who've ever had those but i have yeah. seen them in hotels and i'm always a thousand percent impressed yeah i think there were a lot of okay actually so for me as a kid i never had a fridge with uh with a water mm-hmm. thing in it mm-hmm. so when i went to my friends houses and they had like a water thing. I got water out of the tap till I was like. Honestly, I still get excited about that. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I was like your fridge, and I was like, why? It it like I I couldn't fathom it for some reason. Like I was always like, can I just use the sink? Like, and it just, <laughs> what's that this tiny my, tube? Yeah, I was like, that was my relationship with uh, technology. I, I'm sure there are many other things. <laughs> I mean, there was weird stuff in as a kid that I just didn't know that it was a thing where it was like um, having mac and cheese from a box mm-hmm. at my friend's house for the first time because my mom was like a, a health nut. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, we didn't have stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I went to, you know, um, <laughs> went to my friend's house across the street 
mom's like hey here's a bowl of these orange noodles and i was like the fuck is this and i was like oh dusty cheese <laughs> so good yeah and i was like what you know and my mom's like that's unhealthy we can't have that i was like what does that mean i want this like yeah know. we were definitely that, that explains Mike's a lot. mom has this shit. <laughs> why, why are we sleeping on mac and cheese and you know fast forward to my obsession with mac and cheese yeah makes sense yeah. our house was definitely like the crazy snack house because there oh, were man. so many of us and our parents were just constantly going to like Costco and getting like huge versions of everything. We always had probably ten, at least ten different types of cereals. Like cereal oh, was real big in our That's house. That's how my friend Adam was. His parents, three kids, parents went to Costco oh, all the yeah. time. They had a room in their basement full of granola bars oh. and um little like gummy snacks and stuff you know oh, like yeah the like gummy lunch snacks bags of yeah we had a oh. shelf in the back room that was all kind of like the stuff for lunches would so be like big boxes of fruit snacks yeah and fruit packets snacks. of chips and stuff and then we had a fridge in the garage that would have different you know beverages and huge the huge sam's club bags of um pizza rolls which great also one of the most disgusting things that we pretty much always had around was a giant tub of cookie dough where you would just scrape it out of, out of the tub and Ugh. you'd cook them but obviously yeah, you're not we were very rarely things. like making cookies yeah, it was more no. like hey grab a spoon and meet me in the garage and we're gonna sit there with the door open <laughs> Jesus Caitlin and I we're gonna stand there with the door open and be eating spoonfuls things of said by heroin addicts and <laughs> yeah. frequent cookie dough eaters Crazy, like just so gluttonous. No wonder I quickly formed an I, eating. Problem. I think my our school did um, our school did Little Caesars pizza kits as yeah, well as as well as, as well as like cookie dough. Yeah, bu- buckets though. You'd so like, yeah, go around and sell those them would like stuff. be around. Oh my and god, we would honestly, have a cookie dough bucket. The slab of crazy bread that you'd get before you cook oh, it. So disgusting. So up. delicious. Like who can bring that to us right now? A slab. Of I would fuck up some crazy bread. There's so hard a right drive through. I know. I know. Very close to us. Very close. Little Caesars. We ate Olga's for dinner, so it's fine. Shout out to Olga's. Please sponsor us. Goddamn. Yeah, snackers. Give me that sweet, we, sweet bread. We love your snackers. Mm. Olga bread is great and has always been great. They don't I make it that... fresh anymore, though. They used to make it fresh in all the restaurants, and now it's like mass produced. Oh, and like shipped to and them. And frozen. Yeah. Which is sad. Late My capitalism. mom worked at one of the first ones um, in high school. She was a At waitress. One of the first Olga's. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean to brag, but I know someone who's met Olga. Yeah. R.I.P. Oh, the, yeah, R.I.P. The Olga. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. Yep. Shout out to Andrew Dennison, who met mm. actual Olga. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a a nice break. It's good food. Mm. After the three hour cleansing ritual of the packaging. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I just threw it all on plates and then washed my hands. Mm-hmm. What can you do? Yeah, you have to. You know? If if you're not a farmer, you have to accept a certain amount of risk, right? You know, the delivery guy was wearing gloves. Um, he was. Mm-hmm. I saw that, and he kept a distance. I know. Which I opened I the door and I was like, I just don't want you to have to like throw it on the ground. Let me give we you can this cash really tip. So <laughs> I'm littered it with virus. I have a crazy thing to show you guys. Um my great aunt Barbara so my dad's aunt Barbara um, Jesus how old is she she's 
long gone. Oh, um, okay. This is uh, a newspaper clipping. She used to work for Stouffer's of Stouffer's lasagna. Mm. And she or like, mac and cheese. She like and or mac and cheese. But she she was like a like a trainer in their like restaurants and stuff. And uh, there's an article about her. And I didn't realize this, but like Barbara High, like was a Stouffer's in Detroit, like a Stouffer's. They they call them like the Stouffer's girls or something because wow. it was, you know in the fifties right, or some yeah. shit like that. Look at our girls. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> our Barbara High takes the tremble out of quote green end quote hands. Wow! And at She's this like point, trained. she had been there for twelve years. And she's still blushing about her second day when she asked, may I serve you dessert, please? At breakfast. <laughs> this article is so great. Silly. And I yeah, love how they, they've done like a little sketch of her. Yeah. Wow. This is, it's kind this of is wholesome. Yeah. Very wholesome. But also I was like, holy shit, maybe I have like some hospitality in my blood, you know? Oh. True. And also... I've been eating Stouffer's lasagna. Mac and cheese is a legacy. I've been eating... Well, mac and cheese is a legacy. I've also been eating Stouffer's lasagna and loving it since I was a little kid. Brought to you by Stouffer's, by the way. Um, (laughs) We're just going to cast a big net. Big net, yeah. (laughs) I mean, unintentionally. I don't know why so many products are being brought up here. Yeah. Wow. But isn't that crazy? It's so That's very cool. That's my... uh, that's once my we, claim to fame. Once we make a Twitter, <laughs> we'll we'll post this article yeah. on uh, on the Twitter. Yeah, Aunt Barbara. Yeah, at well, we don't have an at yet, but I'd I would love, love to for... have a cat named Barbara. Barbara's a great name. Barbara. Should we get your friend Klaus? Mm-hmm. It's one of those names that I love. Names mm. that are old but familiar still, like Ingrid. Mm. Yeah, or like you like you've heard of it. But no one, you don't know anyone named it. Edith is a good example of that. Edith I don't know good. anyone named Ingrid. I don't yeah. think. But Ingrid. Edith. I, yeah. Edie is a cute name. Yeah. Like, Actually, I think Edith needs to come back. That is a cute name. I like uh, it. Yeah. My dad knows someone named Edie. Cute name? Yeah. Yeah. You know? There, I did read an article. This was probably two years ago now, but it was... Um, classic names that should come back. You know, like our grandparent, or really our great-grandparents' generation. You know, turn of the century from yeah. 18 to 19. Um, yeah. Archer was one that stuck mm-hmm. out. Archie. Uh, one of my yeah. best friends, Taylor's little brother's named Archer. Really? Yeah. Cool name. Yeah, it's a good name. Yeah, yeah I would love very, to transition back to like uh, real human names instead of like pineapple grove and yeah. like weird. Yeah, everyone's just getting so restless of needing. But I, I feel like if I were to have a kid, want to give it a cool name, I want people to be able to spell it because having a name where people don't know how to spell it is infuriating. Yeah, I've gone my entire life. The only time that anyone has ever guessed the correct spelling of my name was at an anthropology dressing room, and I told her how big that was for me. I was like, I'm. Like, you literally just made my life by spelling my name correctly on the door. And she was like, oh, isn't that how it's normally spelled? And I was like, bless your heart. No. (laughs) But thank you. Is it Kathy with a C or a K? Right. (laughs) Who's to say? Um, That's your middle name. There's a... Catherine. Yeah. Yes. I think there's... 
it's like a Freakonomics thing where they talk about how your name determines a lot about your life. Um, like if you have, there's different names. Like people will first um, impression your name, you know, in different ways. And so if you have a crazy ass name, or you know, people gather a lot of subconscious information for your from your name. Yeah. Um, and it can affect your life, you know. So that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially in the, like the employment realm. Yes. I mean, I, I think that's like where it matters the most is like, if you're looking at someone's name on a resume or I think also probably to a, a lesser degree, like, uh, academia or whatever, where it's just like, if you're college applications or even like submitting a paper or or whatever the case may be um mm-hmm. yeah your name matters or i mean if <laughs> i was thinking about this because i've known a lot of people with okay whenever i meet someone shitty and they have a distinctive name i will always associate shittiness with that name you, you know? know who i'm thinking about I mean, there's so many. There's <laughs> the one, we won't, the we won't say any names here, but there's a few names that stick out that are distinct names that I'm like, wow. Everybody that. named Matt. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. That's my brother's name. Yeah. I know. Uh, it's it's like excellent. 45 people in my contact. Uh, but actually, name. like everyone named Matt, I'm like, oh, that's my brother's name. I'd mm-hmm. probably like you, but I'm like, I don't know if I like you, but the name Matt is familiar to me so mm-hmm. I just like that name mm-hmm. or like whatever um, but there's a lot of names where I'm like man that's a shit name because <laughs> just because one person I knew yeah. right. shit uh, had that name and I'm sorry like everyone else who has that name but it's like you know you should have got right. to me first yeah. yeah I mean every Chad has been oh Chad is a asshole yeah, that I've well, known every Chad well it's funny because yeah, I mean, like Chad is now levels, universally but you know it's like an unlikable yeah. I feel name. like so in in my uh D&D game uh my I I made three like douche bros uh and their names were Chad, Biff and Derek. <laughs> and yeah, that's good. Like, you know, I'm sorry if anyone has those names, but uh I've only known a They've couple been tainted. I've known a couple Chads and a couple Der- I've never known a Biff obviously because that's just a joke name, but like all the Chads and Dereks I've known not great. Sorry, Chad and Derek, but like, it's kind of a douche name. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what it is. Shout out to James McKinnon for shouting their names in an unreleased episode of the D&D podcast because that was real fun. Uh, but I will say I do know one Derek that I like. Uh, that's not a douche. Hmm. Shout out Derek Samarian. You're a good guy. Some Dereks are fine. Yeah. But I've never met a good Chad before. But, uh, yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> We're one percent of guy, our future audience. The of guy, Chads. Uh, you remember? Uh, you remember Subway Chad at Michigan State? You remember that fucking guy? Uh, only vaguely. I mean, for some reason that sounds familiar, but I, I don't think I interacted. Yeah. With him. Didn't have most teeth. Did he work at Subway? Yeah. Used to trade me Subway sandwiches for uh, products at the novelty store I worked at. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's probably why I know of him. So I, I've i never been a big fan of Subway. 
Mm-hmm. This oh. podcast not sponsored by Subway. Right. No, I mean in high school it was a treat. You know, Hashtag fun little fuck sandwich. Subway. Yeah, uh, I, I liked a like a meatball sub from Subway mm-hmm. sometimes on like the Italian bread or whatever. Yep. But like, it, it just wasn't good. And then holy shit, I remember the day I discovered Jimmy John's. Mm. I was like, this is what Same, we're yeah. supposed to do. Sponsored by Jimmy John's. I was like, this is what <laughs> no, you know what? we're supposed no, to no. do. We're, no, no. No Jimmy John's. <laughs> no, actually, Jimmy John's is not great. Either. I've gotten food poisoning from Jimmy John's twice. Whoa. It's pretty lackluster Every now. Every member of the Urs, when we were playing together, separately got food poisoning from a Jimmy John's at a separate Damn. fucking Ooh. Jimmy John's. No, if we're going to be sponsored so, no. by sandwiches, you know it's going to be Shout mudgies. out to Jimmy John's uh, day-old yeah. bread. Sorry, day-old by who? Yeah. If we're going to be sandwich sponsored, it better be mudgies. Yeah, that's fair. Mudgies In is, yeah. Detroit, baby. Uh, I'd be, I'd be mm. honored to receive oh. one free sandwich from Mudgies, let Truly. alone be sponsored. My God. We should, get a, it right. we should bring Menas back oh, and get man. Menas sponsorship. Wait, while you guys were talking about that uh, No, let's, missing... let's franchise Conrad's Corner. <laughs> He's hey. the OG. Anyway, yeah. we'll talk about this um, on our podcast. Or podcast. I'll just like make tater tots. Like mm. That's all that he did. And then <laughs> yeah. like, give fucking, you know. Um, I was oh, gonna you say, put potatoes in a tortilla? Damn, I'm going to get him on the phone <laughs> yeah, for I'm episode putting, two, I'm putting Conrad sure. on blast. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, speaking of <laughs> Jesus, the... I gave you spells, yeah, I don't but know why. why. I gave you so much money. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Alex. Okay, I'm like really <laughs> trying to get in here. Um, I was going to say, speaking of the person at Subway that you were talking about, that just reminded me of an insane character of Kalamazoo that you guys need to know about. Okay, because... The people, I don't know where he is now, but if you resided in Kalamazoo from at least 2009 to 2015, you are very aware of a man named Boombox Ronnie. Love that name. Boombox Ronnie was, and I, like, no one really knows the true story. Some people do because they wrote, like, people published, like, articles and shit about him because he was so insane. Legend. He, um used to roam the streets of like the student ghetto or whatever like up and down i lived basically a half a block from the circle k so we already we got a lot of traffic on our street and i started noticing him when i moved in it's kind of impossible to miss him because he walks around the streets wearing a very very dirty spongebob squarepants costume like the shitty like fabric boxed thing over his human clothes yes um usually with a backwards cap and he got the name well some people would just call him spongebob because they didn't know Mm -hmm. what his vibe was he had crazy you know missing teeth was like always wasted always drinking and he got the name boombox ronnie because he would literally walk around the streets with a boombox on his shoulder and would be blasting music and rapping along with it so loud and like talking everybody saw pissing in the dumpsters outside Circle K mm-hmm. which I saw many times yep. and he would like um, film himself <laughs> doing it because he eventually got an iPhone people in the community rallied together money to buy him an iPod and headphones so that he would stop blasting music <laughs> so he ended up just wearing the costume and using an iPod, like an old, you know, Nano or whatever, yeah. he would walk around the streets, but he'd be shouting it still. So it was like a little bit less just because it wasn't the music <laughs> lesson. You just, just hear context, him rapping. Yeah. And then it eventually spiraled into an actual phone where I don't know where he was sending it to, but he was constantly filming himself <laughs> rapping up and down the streets on his way yeah, to and what's from. His, what's his platform? Circle K. I don't know, but one time I was up on my balcony and I would like sit on the edge to get sun in the summer and he would stop and be like can I be your boyfriend? And I was like no I'm good 
Can I come upstairs? No, Ronnie. Thanks. Oh, but you know my name. And I was like, yeah, everybody fucking knows your name. Please leave me alone. You're not coming upstairs. <laughs> he was a treat. And best part of it was, I mean, an iconic look. Easy to mimic. Backwards oh, yeah. hat. Spongebob costume. I like the Spongebob, yeah. One year, uh, my friend Max went as him for Halloween, for, and nice. it was so fucking funny. Because wow. he bought a Spongebob costume, just like, you know, the cheesy one that he had. Do you just have rubbed a picture dirt of all over it. Oh, it's definitely somewhere. I can find you don't, it. You don't need to I'll deep I'll find talk. it at a later date. We'll, uh, we'll post it on the Twitter. This is what a reminiscent, of course, of Willie the Can Man. R.I.P. Yeah, who was a Michigan State legend in a similar fashion. Uh, we hosted Willie multiple times at, at our at my house uh, senior year of college. Yeah, he's great. Did you? Yeah. To sleep there? No, he never oh, okay. slept over. He okay. hung out on our porch all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, just the the friendly neighborhood, eccentric, you know, probably homeless drunk guy that yeah. wandered around. Yeah. There's always going to be one. I don't even think Ronnie was homeless. Neither was, was Willie. Neither was Willie. Yeah, I think he like had his shit kind of together. He had but an like, apartment. Yeah. He had a basement apartment somewhere. Yeah. I mm-hmm. He would come by that same novelty store and I, I probably spent 25 hours of my life with Willie the Can Man. Yeah. Uh, I've like chilled with him before for man. sure. Yeah. yeah. On your porch where that no longer exists, thanks to Hopcat. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which so, isn't, it's not Hopcat's fault. I'm not gonna, you know. Yeah, they they purposely, purposefully decimated my house. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he had, I mean, he was he was smart. He would do manual labor. He had his, his own um, Dude, he was a, I mean, uh, he was lawnmower. a hustler. He just hustled yeah. the shit out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he was, he was, he was just, he was just very charming. Uh, Probably one of the most charismatic people I've ever met in terms of just Love being that. able to, like, work a crowd, you know? Yeah. I feel like out of all the time I spent with that guy, the the only time that that he gave me, like, an actual part of his personality as opposed to the show that he always yeah, put the, on. Yeah, the facade. He goes, listen, man, at, at the end of the night... As long as I have something or someone warm to curl up next to to fall asleep, I'm happy. Well, that's nice. Uh, yeah, and I mean, nice. from uh, R.I.P. Willie the K-Man, I guess. Yeah. Damn, he's probably a lot happier than I've been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's try to uh, find this picture. Let's, let's take a five and. Uh, well, how? Where are we at ready? now? This has been. A... I don't know. We'll, we'll put the. And we're back. Hey. <laughs> we're back. I like that um, That this is just one of those things that we would probably never have done uh, if this situation hadn't happened. Truly. Which true. I think is probably going to be true for like a lot of things in the upcoming weeks. Cause <clears throat> so the reason I thought about doing this was just that we're going to be... Like this is just the beginning of this situation, despite Seems what like our it. Yeah, yeah, despite what our president might insist. I think things will not be, you know, fine by Easter. I think that'll probably be like when shit is just beginning to be the worst of mm-hmm. it, perhaps. Um So yeah, it's like we've been, you know, relatively uh fine for you know, these couple weeks or whatever, but it's like what 
does what does the future look like where it's like what happens how does this end or how does this progress and stuff like that where I was just like having one some structured stuff like this Mm -hmm. that is kind of something bigger than ourselves to do or be accountable to could be an interesting thing where it's just like hey we're gonna we're gonna make have a little chat once a week see what happens you know Mm -hmm. just thought it'd be a good idea i've had a great time so far yeah i think it is a good idea it's been it's been nice we were just talking outside during the break about how you know it's it's kind of like we we have contact here you know we're having a conversation in between people and um you know don't really expect it to go anywhere but if if we can fill up someone else's time that is struggling with loneliness or the change that undoubtedly has been brought upon by this situation it'll be worth it you know hopefully we can entertain or at least pass some time for yeah a few well and a lot of what i've been doing is just you know kind of either reading or um just like you know playing video games or hanging out but in the background i will be listening to a podcast or some kind of like lecture or some you know something just to kind of uh not be in silence or you know you can only also listen to like so much music or so much whatever and once again it's like this is we've got nothing but time and uh i think it's like healthy for us to do this and mm-hmm. might interesting and or like in some way valuable for a person Mm -hmm. (laughs) to listen to maybe who knows i'd be happy with that yeah you know yeah i think that um the cure for a lot of what ails mental problems is is meaningful connection um i truly believe that i think that you know, the opposite of, of addiction is connection. And um, it's just nice to, to sit at a table and, and talk with some folks and wax a little bit of nostalgia mixed in with uh, current crises. You know, it's healthy, Yeah, I think. I mean, we're social animals. And I think mm-hmm. in normal situations, you know, we'd be having this conversation at a restaurant or you know around the dinner table around like you know a fire the tv or something like that but it's like those things are kind of limited now um Mm -hmm. for everyone and yeah a lot of people aren't able to have these conversations or have that connection so i think it's something that's really valuable when when it's you know it's something that's valuable because it's it's been taken away in a number of ways yeah it's become scarce yeah i think it'd be fun to um to call someone next time and you know pop a mic next to a speakerphone and maybe talk about a topic that they're interested in or something they're an expert in even and just have a chat i like that Mm -hmm. Uh, Taylor said she wanted to FaceTime after this. Shout out to Taylor, whose ha- birthday it is. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy Taylor. birthday, Taylor. Um, but yeah, I think we could definitely do that. Bring some other people in, some guest uh, guest stars. Absolutely. Whilst yeah. in 
isolation still. This can take whatever form we want it to take. It's kind of nice, you know. Um, I think uh, also, I, th- I told this to Jamie, but it's like, I'd be interested to like learn more about stuff that you guys know more about. Like, I don't know a lot of musical things or, you know. Mm-hmm. beer like we we briefly touched on like some beer knowledge but it's like we could you know talk about guitar we could talk about music we talk about brewing beer we could talk about a lot of different things that we're all kind of interested in as well and use this as some time to like explore stuff that we don't normally talk about just in day-to-day activities where it's just like hey we're all like pretty good at different things Mm-hmm. We could share that, and that would not only be useful for ourselves, but once again, it's like other people could, you know, maybe get something from that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you are within our circles and you're listening to this, if there are any topics that you think would be interesting or anything you'd like to hear us three people talk about, please at us. Yeah. We still or, do not have an at. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean... Um, yeah, like, I have all the time in the world to, uh, like, research a topic as well, where it's like, hey, Nick, do a <clears throat> fucking book report on whatever and tell me about it. Like, Somebody I'd, give I'd Nick an assignment, please. Yeah, I, I am desperate <laughs> for schoolwork. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, who knows? That would be funny. Whatever. Yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> I also... I, all right, everyone. My thesis on the mating ritual of the bonobos is ready for mid-April. Yeah. I could already talk to you about that, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, you don't have to. Well, one of my that. weird things is, like, you know, evolutionary psychology. and mm-hmm. just, uh, So, yeah. I probably know more than you guys at least about like weird evolutionary mating behaviors and stuff like that so yeah if you want me to talk about stuff like that or you know god i could talk about like nutrition or agriculture or all kinds of crazy shit for a long time probably it also would be really fun and or funny to uh do kind of like an old school almost third grade book report style where we each pick like an animal that we're interested Ooh, on we'll talk about yeah. and we bring it to the table great anteater i called it <laughs> anteater i love a, a giant anteater uh, when i was in second grade uh my teacher mrs Catchadorian, who shout out i wonder <laughs> if she's alive still um but she was one of the best teachers that i ever had and the reason was, um, she was very nice and great, but she let us all do, like, research projects on just whatever we wanted. And mine was sharks. And so in second grade, um, I became obsessed with sharks. I wanted to become a marine biologist. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, yeah, I did, like, little poster project reports, like, every week or every couple weeks or something about sharks. And it was super yeah. fun. It was that's I, awesome. I learned a lot, and then I shared that with the class, and I feel like we could, you know, do that about either, like like you said, like an animal or kind of any topic. Just be mm-hmm. like, hey, do a, a little project on this, you know? Yeah. Call like, it the book report. Well, it's like, <laughs> what's been something that you've been curious about that you're like, hey, maybe I could learn more about this and mm-hmm. become a little mini-expert 
you know, on this and then share it with other people. Let's all do a little, uh, little mini study on Scandinavia. I feel like this is a great goal for when we're finally out of isolation to go to Northern Europe. I've actually been looking into uh, Norse mythology uh, because of the D&D campaign. Of course. There's some rich stuff there. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Actually, um, I never took this class, but uh, there was a mythology class in in our high school, and uh, Bob took it, and he would always... He would tell me all the stories from mythology class because it was so cool. Um, the one thing I remember was something called the Guy Bolga, which I think is like a god-killing spear that wow. someone had, um, which is just like sick. Like that's so cool. Yeah, like, I don't see how that applies to D and D at all. <laughs> oh yeah, god-killing spears. Yeah, D and D. Yeah. Um, Guy Bolga. Yeah, but there's all kinds of cool shit to. This is yeah. There's all kinds of cool shit to learn about. Um, I think we could we could find some things out that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. I always love fun facts and trivia. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Or just like updates on what you've been up to. Yeah, you know, because we're gonna have to figure out. I think interesting ways to keep ourselves busy. Yeah, and I mean, might as well use all these free resources and classes that are available online and master classes and all this stuff where you can actually learn about stuff because I think for me I'm in this weird place right now where I've already been trying to think about what I want to do since every, you know the past couple of years have shaped out to be very different than what I thought I wanted to do or what I was going to be able to do mm-hmm. so it's feels like the right time to look into random stuff that slightly piqued my my interest now and then try to figure out if it actually seems interesting enough to this is like the summer break of our midlife crises Mm -hmm. you know where it's just like Mm. hey we're all (laughs) i mean we're all getting a break right now this is like hitting in some ways it's like hitting the reset button like Mm -hmm. i i mean i was in a job and a career that i in some ways liked but got jaded by and wasn't thrilled with i don't know if that career will happen again so it's like what am i gonna do in the future Mm -hmm. and it's like now's the time if i'm going to come up with a plan or learn a new skill or try and like plot some sort of course you know into whatever that may be and i feel like probably a lot of people are in that situation or also just realizing like hey uh my work was non-essential and i'm much happier not doing that work and i'm much happier doing something else and speaking for myself and maybe maybe other people um but like i think it takes crises to um jostle you out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and like wake you up a little bit to be like what the fuck am i doing how am i spending my time how am i spending my life do i want to continue on this path that i was on or do i want to use this disruption to shift me into a different paradigm that i wasn't in before right yeah i feel like post 25 it's just so easy to get comfortable where you are where you work what pays the bills and kind of like your day-to-day norm yeah that having this time is like okay i'm never gonna have this again i'm never just gonna like be told that i can't work yeah really 
and have so many other people in the same boat. So it feels, it's almost like a, a lot of pressure because on one hand, I, I do make excuses all the time for not doing certain things or not taking risks, whatever. But at this point, it's like, okay, well, there's really is no excuse. Yeah, like, like if I don't do it now, then I'm I'm just putting it off for feel, fear of faili- failure, which is kind of like where a lot of stuff comes from. I think that's what, mm-hmm. like, I mean, mm-hmm. we were saying that before, like putting stuff off and procrastinating. But the fear of failure and also, I don't know, like when I was when I was younger, I thought that like being apathetic was like the coolest thing you could do like not giving a shit Mm -hmm. and uh it's been really hard to like unlearn that for me where it's just like hey i care about stuff i'm passionate i want to like try and Mm -hmm. do things but it's like oh are you trying because like trying at school like you're you're a nerd right because it's easier to say that you didn't try oh i don't try i don't give a shit yeah i didn't pass because i like didn't really try but it's like (laughs) uh and that's sort of how I grew up. And now it's just like, well, now not trying as an adult makes you a piece of shit, kind of. Or it's like, you know, it's like, is that how you want your whole life to be? Um, Are you not impassioned? Are you not, you no, know? No, yeah. And it's like, but I'm super passionate. But now it's like, because of my habitual apathy or not trying... I've gotten into the situation where uh, when I should have been trying really hard, I wasn't. And so as to, you know, not that I've like missed the the boat or missed the train or something, but it's like, I wish I would have tried harder early, but it's never too late to just like get into some shit. And, uh, and that's what I've really been into recently. And I feel like you're, I mean, I feel like we're very much on the same page in terms Mm -hmm. of like, you know, this is a we can turn this horrible situation into an opportunity to restart and reevaluate and kind of like come to a a different conclusion about what we want to do because there's never really been any restriction on what we want to do. It's like you said, like the fear of trying or the fear of failure, mm-hmm. or just even like the deviation from uh, the status quo. Like, right. It's like, hey, I'm. I'm I'm finally getting to a point where I'm like a little bit comfortable and like getting my shit together. Do I want to disrupt that? But it's like, it's, it's disrupted now. Like it just, you know, the wrench just got thrown in Mm -hmm. the shits in the fan. So, um, it's kind of just like, why not at this point? Right. Um, and I would rather, you know, it's like people never regret trying people regret not trying i feel like when they look back on stuff where it's just like oh man i wish i would have right and i think getting older we're more exposed to hearing about people that say that all the time which makes me so scared to really not give it i mean now that i'm almost 30 it's like okay this is definitely not where i thought i would be at this point like you know you have all these big dreams and stuff and then you're told by society that you can't make money off of those things or you know you can't you have to be realistic about what will give you a comfortable adult life and I think that's what shifted so much for me is like okay well creative fields are really difficult and you have to have like an extreme work ethic to get through 
you know, in, in the music industry or in entertainment in general, that that's become so much not of an option for me that I'm like, holy shit, I put all my eggs in that basket and that didn't work. So now what? But see, mm-hmm. no one ever got, no one ever did anything amazing by being realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, it's not realistic to go to the moon or it's not realistic to like fucking start a business or do all these you know people do you kind of have to you have to take be willing to take a risk and be willing to do something crazy in order to succeed and you have to accept that you probably will fail or might fail but then you have to I've been noticing a, a pattern in people who are successful is that they don't let failure stop them Right. It's like, yeah, I failed a hundred times, but I just kept going because I was obsessed with this idea. Right. You know, where it's like you have to have that insane perseverance or grit or resilience or whatever. Because um, it's like, I still think that, you know, you have to have like a, a crazy idea um, and you have to be a little whatever risky or you know so so like for for example like for you for like the entertainment thing like why is that over like maybe it's not you know maybe you just have to go crazy and be unrealistic about it and just continue to try and try and do it until until you die you know right because there's the whole you can say that you actually really tried yeah because i mean think about like um (laughs) you know think about like the first person that came to mind was like nick offerman he wasn't like a child star. You didn't hear about him in his 20s. It's like 45 or whatever before he yeah. got his big break. And like maybe you have to grind your ass off doing all kinds of random shit until but if you love it and then you're 45 and you hit your magic moment or whatever, you know, um or like musically like Sia or you know, whoever like all these people yeah. it's like not everyone is uh you know, 15 and Britney Spears and doing whatever, like 30, you feel old in some way, but it's just like, I mean, people are starting their first business, publishing their first book, making their first movie when they're in their forties. So it's like, we still have plenty of time for that. Right. Mm -hmm. But only if we continue to try and do that. Right. It's not just going to magically happen. If we surrender to the status quo or the fear of (laughs) failure, then we won't even, have a chance to do that right the master has failed many more times than the novice has tried yeah that old sentiment yeah mm-hmm. well i do hope that people are taking this time to at least accept the possibility that they can reinvent a, a part of their life you know you you do have time you you definitely do unless you're one of the heroes that's out there at the grocery stores or in the hospitals or, you know, one of the yeah. people that's physically going into the, one of the businesses that is, that are, that are keeping all of us safer mm-hmm. and sustained. Yeah. If you're not one of those people, you have so much time. For those of you doing non-essential work, <laughs> qu- wonder why. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you doing, what, what is essential work? <laughs> Honest to God, like, what the fuck? Like, that's been the biggest revelation to me where it's just like, man, everyone who's doing non-essential work, stay home. 
why the fuck is anyone doing non-essential work in the first place? You know, it's, which is something I'd love to talk more about. I'd love to go on like a giant economic tangent in one of <laughs> one of these things. But it's like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, oh, all the non-essential workers. Yeah, it's like, like wait, oh, everyone non-essential workers? <laughs> You're well, telling me my schnauzer doesn't need a haircut? Yeah. <laughs> You're saying my job is actually... You're confirming my suspicions that my job <laughs> is <pointless>. actually bullshit. <laughs> oh my god! Well, it's also it's a it's a interesting balance between like you've got all this time to figure things out, right next to, oh, this is a very good um, projection of like how short life can be. You know, if you yeah. do get hit with something like this and it totally fucks you up, or God forbid, you get sick enough and like are in critical condition or die from this like uh you know it's a it's a great realization for i think a lot of people of i gotta do something that i feel i'm making my life more meaningful because if you just continue your day-to-day like when you shake up that day-to-day responsibility and routine and all of a sudden you're just stuck with yourself and your time and your brain like i i can hardly sit in silence without spiraling and i think it's just a well, it's th- a great reason, at least for me, to be like, okay, I have to do something differently. Well, this this happens to individuals all the time. Because people uh, wake up one day and get diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. Or you wake up one day and you get hit by a bus or whatever right. the fuck happens. Horrible start it's, to the it's, day. It's <laughs> unique. Yeah, terrible way to wake up. Um, <laughs> but... We this is unique because it's happening to us as a population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But this could happen to anyone at any time individually. It's happening to us collectively as a society right now, which is uh, unfortunately like what it takes for people to reflect on this because people do reflect on things like this all the time. But it's just they reflect on it by themselves. Uh. You know in some sort of grief or sadness or something like that but we're in it together it's like yeah this has come out of left field and it's um it's upended our whole lives but that could happen to any of us at any moment it could have happened six months ago to us you know or whatever the case and it probably happened it's been happening to individuals all the time but it just has hit us all together all at once Mm -hmm. um so i mean this could be in like a very grand way, like a, I mean, there will be a societal or a cultural shift that comes from this, um, but it's like, <laughs> what are you telling me to get for you? I want the binder. Sorry, oh, please yeah. continue, Nick. It's like going to be a cultural shift, but we're going to decide like which way we shift. I think, um, or if we if we shift at all, it's like. After this, I don't think we're going to go back to the way it was before, but mm-hmm. how? what direction are we going to pivot in? Right. Are we going to pivot in like, hey, let's follow our dreams, or are we going to pivot in like, hey, we need to be like very conservative with our savings? You know, it's like there's different ways that this could spin out. Um, right. Yeah, it's hard to think about. I mean, obviously, like, I have no income until like fingers crossed as unemployment comes through. But at the uh, same, same time, I'm like, I want to spiral and buy a bunch of shit from Target and buy myself stuff while I can. Like, just this inherent need for, like, all right, well, I got to spend this money while I have it, but also I need to save it all because... Yeah. 
Well, it's a when, state of when you save, doom. you're you're assuming a future, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which is like, which is the same thing. Like, like, I'm just starting now to like invest in the stock market, and the whole idea of that is presupposed on this idea of a future. You know, like you're saving for retirement, mm-hmm. um, which is a bet that you're making that you're going to live that long. <laughs> right. I know but, it's hard for me to not be like, I just want to use the money now. Yeah. Which which is like a thing I'm I'm trying to you have to balance between like okay instant gratification and mm-hmm. hedonism like okay do I you know party and drink myself to death or do I plan for some sort of future? Yeah. Usually the answer is somewhere in the middle. I think. Right. Por qué no los dos? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like you don't know. Uh, but I think everyone's kind of. When real shit happens, everyone comes to that realization at the same time. It's like, yeah. wow, life is short. I treasure my time. But then, like, you know, five years from now, we're, uh, I would imagine, probably going to be back to, like, a sense of complacency. Yeah. So I think l- utilizing this time of craziness is, is vital. Yeah. Because, I mean, because, okay, we're going to make it through this. Humanity's going to hopefully survive. America's we'll wait and see but you know <laughs> humanity and america will both survive you know maybe not thrive but yeah we're, we're gonna make it through but well, it's like are we gonna are we gonna be optimally we we hope this? that as we as we touched on earlier we hope that people are finding the right kind of change in yeah. this time yes and we hope that our country and you know the world that they come together and that they do find some change that is productive and and unifying through all of this yeah because at the end of the day we are all people and i'm not trying to make a grand blanket statement for for the whole world but it it does apply on a grand scale and a personal scale where here we are in the middle of this what are we going to do with the time we've been given? How are we going to act? And can we rely on our, our fellow man? You know? Yeah. The, I mean, those are all important things to consider while we're, while we're here in isolation. Which are sort of like, those are always the questions. Right. But, but it's like, but we, like you we said, don't magnified. We don't a- yeah. We don't ask them. And yeah. we, we ask them in a micro way, but now as a society, we're asking them. Yeah. And I think that that's where, that's where the potential for real change on a bigger level can happen. So what you're saying is Trump 2020? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> it's hard to imagine that 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 is even a possibility uh, at this point. I'm so, I'm I sorry, I even opened the door. Realm, but yeah, yeah, we're yeah. trying to wrap I it up. But yeah, that'll be uh, that's another time. A kind of political tirade next time because holy shit. Yeah. Well, um, I've written down three little points just for a conclusion here. Sure. Um, that we've talked about that I think they're really good thoughts and, um, and messages we can leave with. And, you know, the first question I have is what, what direction are we going to pivot in? You know, are you going to give in to, to fear or are you going to go into introspection where you, look inside and and see what you can do for your fellow man as well as what you can do for yourself 
and your own passion and the other two below this are, are kind of reflections of that where allow yourself to reinvent a part of your life you'll never have more time you'll never have more time to pursue that passion if you've been into I don't know just as a random um Example: If you've been into like video editing, or if you've been into aesthetics, or Photoshop, or whatever, now is a perfect time to pursue that. And you know what? Master classes and online resources are so cheap right now. Allie mentioned it earlier. The master classes that are going for like thirteen hundred dollars normally are thirty dollars, three zero. So. Get in there, spend a lot of time with your software, and and connect with connect with your passion. And the that last thing like I'll a, say, it sounds like a euphemism. Yeah, get in there with your software and spend a lot of time with your passion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, was to it sponsored by Pornhub? <laughs> yeah, it's also sponsored by Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> also, side note: is this a Regina Spector uh, remix of the song or cover of the song or something? I think. Of radio? I think this is. Uh, I don't think this is Regina Spector. Who is this? I don't know. Uh, I will tell you. Anyway, soon. Great song. Uh, and another side note, because I'm uh, increasingly drunk and getting <laughs> scatterbrained. Um, we should uh, perhaps next time come up with like. Because we've been recommending every other product, like uh, I have a lot of um, like really influential books and people and podcasts and things that I've come across uh, that make in the a, last couple a of years. Great app, yeah. Where it's just like, um, if anyone is looking for um, you know something to listen to or something to, something to get into that you know. Uh, is probably much more valuable than the shit that we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, like a wealth of of recommendations that have been honestly like some things that have completely transformed the way I think and feel about various topics and life in general that I think I could get into. People are so thirsty for that kind of stuff, myself included. You I'll know, go a hey, lot. Yeah. I need I, I'll I need give a meaningful media. media. I need I'll, give them, uh, media. I'll give them uh, to you guys. You know, finish yeah. finish Sapiens first, and then we'll start. From there. Whoa, okay, Tiger King first. <laughs> then, <laughs> priorities, <laughs> priorities. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, sorry, your third point. Uh, you know what? I kind of, I kind of folded my third point, which was pursue a passion. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll never have more time into yeah. my first two. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And as as I was um, going through them, I realized that. All of them were the same message. How we how we react to this situation and what we spend our time doing while we're in isolation can be... I don't know if a blessing is the right way to put it, but it can be productive for you. And, um, you know, on a bigger scale, make sure you... Make sure you... Um, you revere your healthcare workers and... And support those that are in need that you know. And like Ellen DeGeneres says when she closes out every episode of her show, be good to one another. I think that's a good way, good way to live. Church. 